What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 48th draft of the Untitled Movie Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside my BFCA buddy, er- 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 Eric Marchand. I thought you were still being affected by the uh, the talky, uh, <clears throat> spicy, yeah. extremely spicy line. My mouth is watering. We keep eating You're these. You're salivating. Uh, we keep eating these uh, En Fuego uh, Takis, which are, are very good. They're very spicy, very limey. Yep. Um, they're quite good, and I'm pairing it with a nice pumpkin cream <laughs> fucking cold brew from, from Starbucks. Starbucks. Yeah. So uh, that works out really, really well. But... Well, snoochie boochies, Matt. Yes, welcome. Yes. How are you? I, I'm i good. It's a little warm in your place right yeah, now. Yeah, it's weird. It's not warm outside in Toronto. Like, it's yeah. fine outside. Like, it's probably like 15 Celsius uh, for anyone in the metric system. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what that is. Fahrenheit. Tough shit. Um, for any American listeners, sorry. Um, You're shit out of luck. Please let us know. We drop <laughs> off the charts because of that that comment. Yeah, in the U.S. <laughs> like boycott. We're still them. huge in Norway. Um, I forget where I was going. Yeah, it's not that it's rainy outside here, so it's a little cool. But inside my condo, and I don't. It's more with, humid like, in here than it is outside. It's weird, and I, maybe because the building heat is on, so it like maybe comes in from the hallway. Because like I don't have my heat on because I I can't deal with heat very well. No, being Canadian, I'm much better in the cold. Even though I don't like the snowy, shitty winters that we get, but right. Um, but we've had some really kind of mild to actual like almost summer weather in the last couple of days, especially. Um, on the weekend as well. It was really nice. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, I think Friday and Saturday, wasn't it? But Yeah, but not like freezing or chilly considering like we're almost at the end of October now. How boring is this? I know. <laughs> Matt and Eric talk, talk about, about the, the weather. In Toronto. In so, Toronto. Unless you're here, who gives a shit? Uh, I haven't seen you since our uh, Zombieland 2 screening last Wednesday. Which, which you can uh, go and listen to our review at Untitled Movie Reviews. Yes. Uh, did we like it? No. No. <laughs> Do we I care? Mean, no. I mean, go listen to it. It was fun. We recorded it. Uh, so what we're going to do with those reviews moving forward, probably, if Eric and I are both at the same screening, we're going to do the TIFF style where we record it, like, you know, on the fly right after the screening. So we went and hung out at uh, the Lightbox and recorded that. So just like TIFF. Yeah. The movie was not TIFF quality. I mean, sometimes, I guess. But I you know. sometimes get movies that play at TIFF that are, are not, that quote unquote, quality. TIFF quality either. Yeah. Um, other than that, how have you been? I've been good. I've been good. Um, it's been an exciting uh, week or so. I've got some news that. Mm, do you want to uh, hold that, or do you just want to say it? Well, should we should we wait then, or let me do the intro? Okay. Let's well, first, how are you? Like, how have you I'm been good, since you know? since Zombieland Two changed your life forever? Uh, you know, just been chilling, uh, watching some stuff, which we'll get into when we're talking about what we've been watching. I had a great weekend down at the um, EGLX um, convention down in the with Toronto. the Rooster Teeth guys. Uh, yeah, with uh, kind of funny, and and some Rooster Teeth people were there too, and like I mean, kind of funny is kind of in the RT um, uh, community a little bit. Um, uh, Rooster Teeth uh, Let's Play group, but uh, yeah, I went down to EGLX. Which is the Enthusiast Gaming uh, uh, something fucking expo. But, uh, yeah, I had a good time. I, the kind of funny guys are always great. They're very kind. Um, uh, always love talking um, uh, with them. Super, super cool. The community's great. So shout out to uh, everyone 
that I uh, saw on the weekend, some people meeting for the first time, some I remembered from both. Uh, I went to uh, the CNE and saw some people um, a couple months ago, as well as EGLX last year. We had a nice uh, meet up at Boston Pizza on Saturday night. So now, was, was it Andy the one that watched Terminator 2 on his, his, on his phone? And Andy was there. Yeah, Did I didn't talk, talk to him about I didn't that. Talk to him about that. <laughs> so Andy, it was uh, I, I talked to Andy for a brief second. Um, I talked to Nick about uh, TIFF um, and basically it was we kind of caught up because last time when I met him for the first time, we went over um, my TIFF 2018. So this time I kind of told him what my kind of sleeper picks were that he might not have uh, heard about. So I talked about Parasite a little bit in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. And um, it was super – they're super cool, dude. like, guys. Like, I, I, I'm – they – it's just nice they actually like remembered who the fuck I was and like um and it was just it, it, and the community's great dude I've never met a, a better group of people like everyone is so and this is very unlike me like you know me I don't leave my fucking house I talk to you and that's pretty much it right you and Nevis it's like all I interact with and then um so going and, and hanging out with 40 strangers essentially that you've maybe met once uh, even the first time I did it, we, 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 all these people were strangers. Um, but is, now you all have one thing in common, yeah, a bond. Yeah, a podcast that we like. Yeah, <laughs> so, you've been through some shit uh, together. It's great. A lot of them are trying to do the same thing we're doing. Um, shout out to Nate. He he has a podcast that he just launched, um, and his YouTube channel is blowing up. Um, um, it, in the upcoming weeks, I should get everyone's actual stuff to plug. Hit me up. If you're listening to this, send me your details because I don't have it off the top of my head right now, and I will – Definitely give you guys all a shout out. But also on this send show, us but... at least like fifty dollars through sure. PayPal, so yeah. we'll do a nice little no. ad for and you. I, I want to do some. Like, I'm joking about. I that, want to do some crossover stuff with some of those people too, because they have their own shows and stuff that they're doing, right. and, and it would be some uh, some fun content. So yeah, shout out to everyone uh, on the weekend. It was great hanging out with everybody, and yeah, I had a really. And really was good this time. just Saturday and Sunday, or was this even starting on Friday? Uh, I skipped Friday to uh, watch a movie, which I'll I'll talk about in a little bit. But uh, <laughs> they were going to be like, no, I was an ad and I was working. No, I worked until like five and then I came home and watched a movie with Nevis, which I do want to talk about. But before that, if you guys didn't know, this is the Untitled Movie Podcast. Each and every week, Eric and I get together, shoot the shit, uh, talk about uh, what the hell we've been up to, what the weather's like in Toronto. Um, we haven't talked about cereal in a while, but we did no, talk we about haven't. talkies. Wait, um, what do you have there on, on the top of your fridge? Uh, have you tried the Captain Crunch cotton candy yet? No, I haven't. Ooh, might have to have a bowl after this, baby. Okay. You're <laughs> it's not me. great, but... Um, it's interesting. And then I also have Frosted Flakes with... <laughs> Can we put that on the um, box? Matt Rohrbeck of Untitled great. Movie Podcast. It's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. Um, and then I have some Frosted Flakes and Lucky Charms crossover. Right. Um, that's it's the of kind of crossover we want with other podcasters and yes, founders. Exactly. Uh, each week we... And then we sometimes we talk about movie news and trailers. And today's a huge episode. In terms so of movie news. We probably shouldn't be even fucking wasting all of this time talking about weather Hey, man, this cereal, is what the but, people really yeah. want to hear. Um, but today we are going to be talking... Anyways, you can get it every week on podcast services. Eric mentioned uh, that we do another podcast called Untitled Movie Reviews. Uh, we say it's slightly more professional. It's pretty much the same kind of dumb <laughs> stuff we do here. Just but specifically focused on, on a film that's yeah. either 
uh, opening in theaters or coming soon or on streaming services. Yes. So we have a bunch of new content up right now and uh, some stuff you can kind of go back and see in our TIFF roundup. So uh, you guys can check out our review of Zombieland 2, which we mentioned. Uh, but we also have uh, a Gemini Gemini, Gemini Man uh, review that you guys can check out as well as in if you go back into our TIFF roundups. You can find our first uh, reactions to The Lighthouse, Lucy in the Sky, uh, Jojo Rabbit, and the very, very excellent Parasite. Which is which... opening at the Tiff Bell Lightbox starting this Friday. Yeah. So um, it, it, did, it did expand to a few more theaters this past weekend. Yes, in New York right? and L.A. And then in Toronto, it played at Varsity, which was playing it on five theater screens. Which is crazy. Yeah, and then uh, so this week you're, you're having uh, the release of... A parasite open at the light box which that's where i want to see it again yeah same um and then jojo opens in limited release the lighthouse is actually opening pretty wide it's actually thursday night screenings and yeah. specifically thursday night screenings at landmark cinema and whippy and it's like crazy yeah how is this is this the magic of robert pattinson masturbating like is this a24 is <laughs> in that weird middle ground but it's there bbs in... here and, yeah and, i get it yeah. but like they i mean just them in general like their movies kind of bleed into that it's indie but it's still mainstream well, well, indie. Some do and some don't. I find the genre stuff is a little bit more easier to, to market. spoon feed and market to kind of a wider audience. Where something like The Farewell, even though it had great word of mouth coming out of Sundance, it played really well um, in limited release. But it took its time to kind of roll out theatrically around... <laughs> Uh, Ontario and in the rest of the country so yeah. you know things like that do take a little more time where I think genre stuff like it's almost like let's you know cash in our chips right away and I think something with the lighthouse you're gonna need to kind of like a good opening weekend you know like... sneak in there as quickly as possible and kind of like take people's money and and you know because the, the word Which, of mouth I'm sure on this will be not mixed at best and like the cinema score will probably be like D <laughs> yeah I, I, I don't know if people know what they're getting into with that movie i know both of us were slightly disappointed but uh, i mean we're, we, we, i think we both respected it more so yeah, than anything else or even just liked it but didn't love yeah. it um but i think the parasite platform release has just been perfect so far releasing it on like four screens and then 33 screens and now opening it a bit wider and then because like dude this movie is transcending just kind of cinephiles and film fans and stuff like that too like uh, there are people who I would never expect to talk about this movie. and It's and, a zeitgeist um, film, yeah. right? Like, it's talking about things that I think this year specifically, even with other movies like, you know, Joker, which is, you know, made a lot of money as well. Like, the idea of, you know, uh, the 99% and the uprising and, and uh, economic inequality. Like, these are the things that these movies are really looking at. And, and Parasite does it in a way that is still very specific to South Korean history and culture, but it's also extremely relatable. And just the filmmaking is fun and engaging. Like, and you don't feel like right? yeah. you're just watching an academic, you know, quote unquote international movie for the sake of, you know, it being praised by critics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Because, like, everyone I come across who knows that, I mean, we do this. And Bong, uh, baby. Um, Bong yeah, is just, it, he's, a, he's the he's man. He's the master, man. Um, but yeah, people keep bringing up Joker and Parasite to me, which. Um, uh, and Parasite more recently, now that Joker's dying down a little bit, I mean, it was still number one and made, what, $60 million on the weekend? I think. Yeah, uh, uh, a Joker? Um, I think it made, like, twenty. Oh, sorry. Three, and, like, overall it's made five or six. Sorry, 60 was a week before, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's one of the highest-grossing R-rated films, uh, both uh, nationally and internationally, and yeah. um, I think it's probably 
going to be sneaking up on the Aquaman, Wonder Woman Probably, mark soon yeah. enough. But so. yeah, I, please go see Parasite if you have a chance. Um, it's It should be opening a little bit wider this weekend. I don't know if it's like fully... No, no, it's not. <clears throat> it won't be rolling out um, into the suburbs, I think, until a couple of weeks, but... It probably will. I mean, if it's playing on five screens at Varsity and it's a film that actually has already played in South Korea and people have bootlegged the film and it still has, you know, people going to see this movie at sold out shows. I mean, it shows the power of how provocative and interesting this and movie is. And the word of mouth for, on it. Too, yeah, right? the word of mouth is incredible. Yeah. And, and and again, I would not be surprised if we see this film Awards-wise, you know, make it into Best Picture, Directing, Screenplay, Cinematography, Production Design, Supporting Actor, actor maybe. Or Supporting, you think? Yeah, yeah for uh, Song Kang-ho. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I would love that. Um, yeah. Yeah, if we get to, like, a Tarantino, Bong Joon-ho showdown kind of thing, like, because uh, right now those seem like two of the top movies, That it, that's it's much better than last year already for me. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, go see Parasite, everyone. Um Let's get into what we've been watching. Uh, I didn't check out your list at all, so what have you been watching? Well, Matt, I... Oh, I mean, actually, I do know one thing. You do know one thing. (laughs) Because I avoided it. (laughs) And you were very smart. So I saw uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. This is Kevin Smith's uh, sort of comeback uh return to the view askewverse yes and also him grappling with his own identity and his filmography and reconciling with you know people like ben affleck and matt damon and sort of looking at the industry around him and how that industry now has changed and And maybe he hasn't at all (laughs) no he hasn't and this movie is just the ramblings of a comic book movie nerd who still doesn't really get that the world around him has changed. And he's, you know, commenting on things like, you know, the reboot and remake and what the difference is that. And there's a whole scene with, you know, Jason Lee, who I really like seeing again. It's been a while since I've seen him in anything sort of talking about like how, you know, the Hollywood system is just rebooting something or taking something you already know. And in in this case, the example is, you know, Chronic Man being Blunt this Man shitty, Chron- Chronic, yeah, Blunt yeah. Man and Chronic Man and Chronic Con being this shitty movie, but yet the studio system has kind of come full circle and has taken this property and is rebooting it or retooling it enough that it's it's original to a certain extent so you can go and spend another thirteen, fourteen dollars in the theater and say, like, oh, I saw this, you know, as a as a new version or a new edit. And then like he has this whole spiel that Hollywood is an original and all that. But then he contradicts himself by saying, like, oh well, Marvel movies are masterworks and they're great. And I'm like, No, you can't have it both ways, buddy. You can't do that. Yeah. You just like sorry. Um and then yeah, and again, like it's Ugly looking. It's lazy. It's lazy in terms of its writing. Um, the performances are all kind of half-assed or phoned in because everybody is just doing favors for him for the most part. Um, his cinematography hasn't always been great, but the lighting on some of the actors is really unflattering at times. There's like a scene with Ben Affleck that's in the trailer, so I'm not giving anything away. Um, that like you can tell that they just brought him on the set and they really didn't pay any time or attention to. The actual lighting of his face um and then on top of all of that you're just kind of dealing with basically you know jay and silent bob getting older and there's a lot of meta comedy kevin smith plays himself in the film as well and 
um, it, it's almost like he's trying to cut them to the quick a little bit where it's like, I'll make fun of myself. So my critics can't really bring up, you know, like, oh, chasing Amy is now problematic, you know, considering when I when I made the movie or, you know, like this film is being produced by uh, the same studio that brought you Power Rangers. And it's like, ha ha ha, you know, it reminded me a little bit of Zombieland where it's like, yeah, just because you you reference it or you think you're being clever about it doesn't mean that you can't be criticized for making a lame joke. Yeah. And I never laughed once. And what's even worse? Not one single time. Not one single time. And the the worst part about this movie is that if you stay to the end, there is a uh, bonus behind-the-scenes feature that goes on forever. Which I think are only because it was one of those fandom events. Yeah, right? and I kind of, again, do appreciate that he's trying to give you, like, your money's worth, so to speak, and it's like he's jam-packing this thing. It's like almost if it, if it were watching a Blu-ray or something at home, and which kind of felt like it looked like that. Yeah, I did tweet out last week that I was like, why the fuck is this movie two and a half hours? Right. And that's why, So right? there's, there's a scene... So, like, the The first... movie's what? Just... About two hours, and then it's the, under two hours. It feels, and then, it's it's like an hour thirty five forty, and then but then it feels like it's like, three hours, okay. anyways. Yeah, but so like the interviews, which they're all done really poorly. Like it's like they kind of shot in between takes, and the first one is with Rosario Dawson, who uh, is in the movie for about five minutes. They spend 35 minutes on a couch talking to her, specifically Kevin Smith, and Jay is just sitting next to them on the couch looking bored out of his mind. And they go through all of Rosario Dawson's career and sort of, you know, how she started with kids. And she's in the movie for like five minutes. Yeah, and you're like, well, what's the point of this? And then, like, they have the guy from um, uh, Brian Quinn from that... um, prank tv show that he's he's kind of friends with and then they interviewed shannon elizabeth who you know talked about her uh, organization in south africa and it's just like there's there's no real work put into this and then even the the intro for the film where he's thanking everybody for coming to the the theater and um it's him and and jay muse kind of talking about the movie and their careers and where they are and Sort of, you know, like how he begged everybody to be in this movie and kind of, again, <laughs> is like saying like, well, I had a heart attack, so I, you know, guilted people into being in this thing. Um, but like as they're doing this, it's a white screen with a screensaver that says Jay and Silent Bob reboot. And it's just kind of bouncing down no. the, in, in the back. And it's so cheap looking and ugly. And I just felt like it was, again, kind of a pathetic attempt to you know, rekindle something that he had in the 90s. And I don't want to take away, you know, what he was doing. At in, the time. In, yeah, in sort of the modern American sort of indie system of, of that period. But, man, like, it was kind of a, a slog to get through that film. And again, like, nothing he's really saying or doing is all that interesting or insightful. And he just feels like he's out of touch. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And, um... That's what I kind of worried about, so yeah. I skipped it, because on Friday, um, I was going to go to EGLX, but then there was not really much going on, so I could have gone to see uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot Impractical Jokers, that's the guy, so Brian oh, okay. Quinn from yeah, Impractical yeah, sure. Jokers. Uh, and, it's, and again, so that's Jason Mewes interviewing him, and their buddies as well, and it's like, it's just so cringeworthy yeah, to watch, could... because like they're, they're not really even questions, and yeah. it's just two guys talking, and... Yeah, so I just didn't bother going. I came home on Friday to watch The Shining in 4K with Nevis. Well, instead. you're doing it so, right. Yeah. So. so we wanted to um, 
watch a, a, a horror movie with Doctor Sleep coming up. And had Neva seen The Shining before? Yes, okay. she's seen it multiple times, I believe. But holy shit, man, that 4K looks incredible. Yeah, and that movie fucking slaps. I don't care. Uh, I mean, I know everyone already knows this, but like. Um, that movie holds up. It is still one of the best horror movies ever made, I think, in my opinion. And um, It was taken for granted when it was first released as well because before that, Kubrick was coming off of movies like A Clockwork Orange and Barry Lyndon. So did it not feel like important? Or? Well, it was because it was genre, yeah. right? And it was a Stephen King adaptation that wasn't a Stephen King adaptation that King himself sort of dismissed kind of, as yeah. being not a faithful you know, take on his work, which I actually appreciate because the Steven Weber series is a nightmare and the book is fine, but I think Kubrick's version is, is the definitive take on the shining, but also like, I remember there were, inter there were interviews on the original um, Blu-ray and DVD of The Shining and the Stanley Kubrick box set where Spielberg was talking about first seeing the movie and kind of being uh, sort of taken aback and sort of being put off by um, Jack Nicholson's performance and being really over the top. But as he went back to the film, you know, every couple of years, like many of Kubrick's works, he found so much more to really sort of uh, live in and, and, and enjoy. And, and it's become one of his favorites. And I think that kind of is what happened with a lot of people. I mean, obviously, uh, Spielberg having a whole sort of sequence in Ready Player right. One is a tribute to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Nicholson is amazing in it. Scatman Crothers is incredible. What the a great actual, name too, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, the the actual... I mean, he picks a lot of actors with interesting names like uh, Slim Pickens and uh, um, uh, Dr. Strangelove and stuff like that. But that movie is just the perfect definition of tone and atmosphere yeah. and like that opening sort of uh, God, aerial so good. shot it's is just... amazing and, and ridley scott borrowed some of that for the original cut of blade runner at the yeah, end at so, the end yeah, yeah 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 but yeah the movie um i don't know how they found a print that looked this fucking good but like it this 4k transfer is unbelievable yeah i, I think jack nicholson's performance is it's, it's fine um um is phenomenal like yeah. it, it it does go over the top at the end but you see Shelley his... Duvall is amazing yeah, too and, and you... I feel so bad for her when you see the behind the scenes features with Vivian Kubrick kind of shooting um you know with Nicholson and everybody is like totally in love with him because he's so charming and likable and she is kind of getting the cold shoulder from from Kubrick and oh, like, yeah I haven't they're... watched any of oh the it's the it's pretty bad yeah that's Kubrick was kind of a an yeah, asshole, he was known so, to be yeah. that, right? But, but I mean, hey, the work speaks for itself. Yeah, it does. And just the the editing in that film, and like you said, how it builds tension and how it builds, uh, and it's so atmospheric, like you said, and just it's it's so perfect. And it's not like terrifying, but it's just so unsettling. And the way that I mean, the twins are in there, and the um, how they'll cut to kind of the the. The visions in his head in in uh, well the, the obvious and... one being uh the dog suit and uh oh god yes. that, yeah that i remember seeing that as a kid and that the way it kind of jumps to that sequence it's almost like a a crash zoom mm -hmm. scared the yeah. shit out of me. that and obviously the woman in the uh i remember being like a a horny kid going, oh, look at this sexy yeah. and lady. Then, and then and where then, it turns like, out, yeah. it's like he's like he's punishing oh. you for that. It's yeah, like, it definitely is. Like, yeah. I remember seeing this movie as a kid and just being like, oh, fuck. Yeah. All right. Let's get it on. And then uh, and then where that goes is completely 
uh, or, or even the gross. shot with with Nicholson at the bar and he's talking to Lloyd and then there's nothing there but then Lloyd shows up and uh, it's um Joel Turkle from Blade Runner yeah um and just like again like you're not sure whether or not this is supernatural or if it's just a man descending into madness which is why I love that movie so much because yeah. even even to the end. You don't really know. You don't, what you're not happened. sure, and I think that's why something like, say, Hereditary, which I think is a great movie, kind of doesn't stick Too to that literal. landing because it becomes clear what the ending really is. It's more literal than it is to interpret on your own terms. Yeah. What is your like version? Like, what do you take? I keep going back it? and forth. Yeah. Every screening, I'm thinking like, yes, because like I'm the one quote I always remember Kubrick talking about, and and I remember. There was a um, a conference that I went to um, when he when when Stephen King was um, promoting uh, Under the Dome and talking to David Cronenberg, and um, they were talking about like how Kubrick saw The Shining as an optimistic movie because Kubrick didn't believe in the afterlife or that there was something else when you die, but this is a movie that maybe gives you hope. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so part of me thinks that maybe Kubrick does toy with the idea that the supernatural elements could be real and that, you know, the shining itself and, um, you know, the visions could lead to something more or it, it could be simply interpreted as a man that is an abusive alcoholic yeah. um, who's trying to go on the straight and narrow but kind of falling off the way i mean just the way that nicholson interacts with the child actor with with danny like the way that he kind of like pulls his arm or sits him on his lap like that scene where he sits him on the lap yeah. it's so disturbing and weird and i think it's just as good as any sort of um graphic or grotesque horror movie-esque scene totally agree and um have, when are you going to rewatch it before Doctor i am Sleep? i yeah. am i'm i, I have incredible. i have the 4k so, so i i have done a demo check yeah, on it a, but um i watched that opening like three yeah. times well i watched the scene where they go for where they go for ice cream when they're doing the the tour of the place yeah, and yeah. it's like hey doc you want to get some ice cream yeah it's really good um the i'm like sort of worried about dr sleep but like i'm excited i'm cautiously like, optimistic yeah. and and i like mike flanagan i i i we were talking about you mcgregor off um off air before we were looking recording. so young yeah still. Um, um, yeah, I think the thing that I'm worried the most is that how is this going to relate to Kubrick's film? Because is it going to be sort of a sequel to the movie or is it going to be more in line with the book? And then on top of that, I mean, it was just announced the other day that the running time is well over two hours. 235. 235, I mean. which is longer than The Shining. So, And The Shining's 223, I think. Yeah, or so it's like, okay, I, I really hope this works. And I know a lot – I had. Um, Doctor Sleep is one of the few. Did you read it? No, I haven't. Because it's one of the the later um, books of his I have not read. I think one of the last ones I read was Under the Dome and Insomnia. Yeah. Um, but I'm 
curious about that. And, and I just like that King is having this resurgence. The HBO trailer for The Outsiders looks really good. Oh, I haven't watched that yet. You, you should, we'll check yeah. that out afterwards. Um, um, so, I, yeah, definitely. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm cautiously optimistic. I, I also like Mike Flanagan a lot. I just recently also picked up the Blu-ray for The Haunting uh, uh, on Hill House, yeah. which has a couple extended uh, episodes and director's commentaries that I want to check out. So yeah, I'm yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic as well. There's certain things that I worry about, and it does look like it's in the movie universe. But then they also talked about how it's both a sequel to the movie and the book. So yeah. I don't know how that's exactly going to work. The but. one thing I do really like about the trailer is just that it looks like the haunting on Hill House. Yeah, it like does. it has that kind Same of lighting, creamy and... mm-hmm. kind of almost weirdly therapeutic look like it doesn't look scary like it almost looks like it's lulling you into a false sense of security and then the shining scenes that they've shown in the trailers which i thought he just took footage they reshot reshot everything yeah everything so i mean obviously spielberg did a similar thing with ready player one um which was weird seeing like a fucking troll character run through there but that also looked really good yeah maybe he's Um, trolling kubrick yeah um kubrick would be rolling in his grave if he knew that yeah (laughs) but hey steven i thought we were friends uh but whatever um the stuff that worries me is the rebecca ferguson stuff um not her not her actor but like the character and the kind of like and showing too much of the powers and stuff like that with the smoke shit coming out of her mouth and like that's that's um, stephen king though i know like Dude, King is one like, of those guys that, like, his ideas are always interesting, but when he actually starts developing the script... Yeah. And when you see them on screen... And when you see like, them on screen, it's like you can tell that the the the, the book, not... I'm not talking about Dr. Sleep specifically, but you can tell when the adaptation is made that the writers usually take out all the, the crap right. or the stuff that just doesn't that work. That probably when you read, look silly or When something. you read King, there's a point in his novels where it feels like he's given up. Right, fair. <laughs> And not all of his work, because I I love King. Like I like the Stand, the the Dead Zone, the Night Shift collection. They're all great. But there are some books where you can tell that halfway through he maybe only had like kind of the the beginnings of an idea or a concept, and as he's writing it, he's already kind of more interested on the next thing he's he's Fair. he's writing. So it's like well, he works so quickly. Yeah, too. and there's a lot of plotting in his movie yeah. in his books. So. Um, Cautiously optimistic is a good way to describe it. Um, I didn't say, but yeah, on this episode, we're going to be covering fucking Star Wars. We're already 30 minutes in. Yeah, this is going to be a long one. Strap in, everybody. Uh, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker trailer's out. We have so much news. Um, There's so much coming up, but um, anything else you watched? Uh, good question, Matt. Maybe you should look on the run list. Run of show. We always run do these show. run of shows, and then I don't actually keep them up. Uh, yeah, so you have on here... Uh, uh, you saw? Did you talk about Maleficent on the last episode or no? No, I talked about it on uh, Zombieland Briefly, Double Tap, yeah. but I'm not going to really talk about it here. I'll just say that you can Go, see my review yeah. on RogersTV.com. Another redundant sequel, five years too late. My question to you: uh, This is going to be a long episode because I keep having things I want to talk about with Disney Plus coming up, and Maleficent the answer is make, yes. Maleficent making. Th- 38 million opening weekend which is not great yeah um do you think they're gonna rethink maybe which of these i i I think something like maleficent would then probably be on disney plus moving forward and we keep saying like artemis fowl looks like that movie that i feel like right will ultimately end up on like we'll probably hear in the next couple of weeks artemis fowl a disney plus exclusive yeah 2020 
that makes sense to me. And I feel like if a movie for Disney, this is the unfortunate, not unfortunate thing, because I guess it, it's, I think it's both a pro and a con because you have access to it right away. It's on Disney. The Plus, pro is pay. if you don't want to watch it, you don't <laughs> sure. have to see it in the theater. Yeah. I, uh, but then if you do, you have access to it for $7 a month or whatever on Disney Plus, probably in pretty good quality. But uh, it'll be interesting to see where that difference will be and like where they make that kind of cutoff. Like if a movie makes – what's the opening weekend that internally they say a movie needs to probably be tracking to? Right. Well, a Marvel uh, movie, I need – I mean at this point, like it seems like it'd have to make at least like $100 million or right, else they're in that get, opening getting weekend. turned to a Disney Plus series, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, like I'm surprised that like there's been talk already of making a third Ant-Man movie instead of a doing series, a series, yeah. Yeah. which maybe they will turn it into a series. That kind of makes sense to me, but yeah. um, and I, I but then there's a lot of stuff that's being omitted as well. Like people were mentioning with the launch that there's not as much Marvel content, and there's some you know uh, Disney movies that are missing, like condor man which was yeah. kind of a favorite of mine as a kid and and so that's kind of interesting as i think well. well you also need things that you'll be adding so right I mean, but also right issues speaking in that canada too. it'll and, be interesting because in the u.s disney, internationally yeah disney plus did do a really cool thing we're not going to go over it um but they their social media team's been doing a really good job and they did this very interesting thing where they did a thread of tweets of every single thing that's going to be on the service which i thought was really really cool um however, operation dumbo drop yeah <laughs> yeah that's a real thing well it's not um, dumbo drop but it's but, uh yeah. operation something or other with ray liotta i remember right. seeing that in the theater it is dumbo drop isn't it is it yeah i don't know we'll have to look but um <laughs> but, but i like the fake uh disney account oh God, there's Fuck a couple, this yeah there's there's a couple good fake disney plus accounts that you guys should follow on twitter that are just making like semi-nude winnie the pooh or whatever or, like a great little pooh. toaster yeah. in hell yeah winnie the pooh's semi-nude adventure or something it was called it was really funny um but yeah, it'll be interesting to see in Canada um, that difference in in content because they probably made deals with both, uh, mostly Netflix. I think here have some, a lot of Disney, Walt Disney Canada stuff. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I'm excited. It's in it's in a couple weeks, so um, we'll definitely be covering um, a bunch of it uh, here. Um, okay, uh, yeah. Then you put the blob on there. I think. As well. Yeah. So. Uh... Scream Factory released uh, the Blob on Blu-ray for the first time. There was a Twilight Time edition beforehand, but this is more uh, readily available, and it's a collector's edition. And this is the the '80s version um, with Kevin Dillon. Um, we watched this not too long ago, I think a couple years ago. And for me, with David, it was a Cron lot of fun. David Cronenberg's The Fly, John Carpenter's The Thing. And uh, the Blob, the Blob remake uh, from uh, uh, oh, why am I falling on his name? I was going to say Frank Darabont, Chuck Russell, uh, who uh, co-wrote uh, Friday the th not Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three, Dream Warriors with Chuck Russell, and then Chuck Russell also went on to direct The Mask after The Blob, um, is one of the best special effects movies I think I've seen in the 1980s, and still very much holds up. Uh, now, so if you're looking for like a 
gory, splatter-filled horror film that's also very mean. Like, this film does not take any prisoners. Nobody is safe in this film. Men, women, and children all will be absorbed by the blob. (laughs) So I would highly recommend checking that out if you have not watched it. It's a really fun 1980s horror film. Yeah, I had a blast watching it with you a few times. You had a blast with the blob? I did. And then on my end, uh, I watched both The Terminator and T2, Judgment Day. Which The Terminator Um, is kind of like a Halloween screening. It is it's very it much a sci-fi slasher. slasher. Totally agree with that. It's very much like Halloween, it feels like. Yeah. And um, I think maybe even Cameron talked about once that Halloween was one of his inspirations on it. But um, Or maybe. I don't May, know. Maybe I, I'm yeah. making that up. But, Harlan Ellison um, is not, even though he had to put uh, inspired by the works of Harlan Ellison. Right. He was pissed off about oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, both movies hold up extremely well. Uh, you guys should check out the Kind of Funny in Review. They're doing an in-review series for the Terminator series, but only the ones that are continuity for Dark Fate, which are the first two, and Dark Fate. Yeah. Um, I remember as a kid as well, speaking of like amazing practical effects, like even though you can tell they're not real, the scene where he cuts out the eye is yeah. so... Still kind of makes me cringe a little bit and, sure. and really works. I mean, when it's in HD now, that you can really tell when it switches to Arnold to the... But, but again, I kind of like that, and I think it works anyways because he is a this robot, robot right? Yeah. Like this cyborg, so... But I mean, the jump from the Terminator being a small budget kind of like you know sci-fi slasher movie almost to T two and like James Cameron is just so good at almost like the sort of the sequel or reinventing a, a franchise and but very much keeping it within what that first movie um, made it. Uh, and T- Linda Hamilton's kind of arc, you know, going from a victim to you know a doomsday badass, prepper yeah. badass. It's very much in the same way that he kind of turned. Ripley from Alien yeah. into Aliens into this kind of like the leader of this this macho group of of soldiers and T two uh, holds up incredibly incredibly well like even the liquid metal effects still look pretty good yeah and Robert like, Patrick is still is, pretty intimidating yeah and it, Do you have a son named John it's a great action movie and um uh, I watched the 4K version which some people don't like because they cleaned it up a little bit too much. Like it, it, they removed a lot of the film grain. That grain? And it, it looks, but it does look really good. Like it's it looks just really almost clean. Yes, it looks very modern, almost. Right. Like, but and I could see why some people don't like that. But which I doesn't actually, work for some of the stunt sequences where you can clearly tell that it's not like Arnold on the sure, motorcycle. Yeah. And, but it is very clean because yeah. this was the 3D version that came out a few years ago from. Uh, Studio Canal or someone. Yeah, and it was it was Mongrel Um, Media in Canada and Lionsgate in the U.S. And uh, so because of the digital turning it into 3D, I think they cleaned it up and and made it look fairly like it's very clean looking. But I kind of liked it. Like it was just very modern. It. it, it, uh, I don't know. I really dug watching both movies again. And I mean the reactions. We won't go into them, but the and sometimes there you never know with these things. But it's screening more and more. Um, the reactions for Dark Fate are pretty good, so right. like I'm I'm cautiously cautiously optimistic. optimistic. That's yeah. that's the that's Which the phrase like, of of this episode. But I wasn't cautiously optimistic until these reactions, but it's, because it's also interesting watching something like T two now and going back and then seeing somebody like you know Dean Norris pop yeah. up briefly as 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 the the one like SWAT guy uh, who kind of stops to see Joe Morton in, yeah. the, in that one sequence yeah. and, and seeing like certain character actors that are now bigger names, right? Mm-hmm. 
Like also, I mean, like the late great Bill Paxton in the small oh, yeah. role at the beginning his, of Terminator, his punk ass. Yeah, um, so good. So yeah, uh, both Terminator movies uh, hold up very well. We'll be seeing Dark Fate. Um, we could have seen it, or you're seeing it pretty soon because yeah. you'll be interviewing Tim Miller actually. Yes. Um, I will be seeing it probably in IMAX, like opening night or something like that. Um, not Halloween night because I'm gonna be hitting up a TIFF party on Halloween. But French. Um, Unfortunately, they're doing a really – if you're in Toronto, they're doing a cool screening uh, at Lightbox with Tim Miller for um, Dark Fate, which I wanted to go to, but me and you are going to see The Lodge that evening at the Royal. So double booked, so I have to skip the – uh, I just love seeing. David, this that... Terminator costume I, I created is, <laughs> yeah. is is useless now. I just love seeing things at Lightbox, especially right. like um, big blockbusters, because uh, they just it's no better way of seeing. But seeing movies. something like The Lodge, because the last movie I saw at the Royal was The Dead Don't Die. There is something about watching a genre movie at there the that's Royal. kind of fun. Yeah. yeah, last one I saw was Neon Demon. It's the last time I went to a screening at the Royal. Um, I just don't go to the Royal very often. It's not I don't that either. far, but I just I, I should because I do like that theater and I, and they play a lot of great stuff. I yeah. just don't get off my ass to go. Um, I, I don't need to talk about the original Zombieland. We kind of mentioned it on our review. I bought so it on can, 4K like, and do, have yeah, not watched and now it. Now you'll never watch nope. it. <laughs> so, just sitting on my shelf. You know, great. And then uh, what I did want to talk about is, uh, oh God, this episode's going to be long. Uh, the first episode of Watchmen I uh, I watched. Uh, did you watch it yet? Not yet. Not I guess yet. I watch a lot. Yeah. Uh, dude, it's fucking. Who's good, watching man. the Watchmen? Matt, Matt is did, and Nevis did because I made her watch it. So I watched it by myself on Sunday night, and she had. Nevis had no interest in it, and then, excuse me, um, the Takis are coming back for revenge. Um, I watched it on Sunday night. I was blown away. I thought it was fucking excellent, and I have a new kind of TV obsession, and I'm a Damon Lindelof stan, and uh, uh, although I never watched Leftovers just because... I think um, you would like it. I think you would, or at least you would like where the show goes, because as soon as they kind of were going off the beaten trail and not having to follow the book. Yeah. It became its own thing. And you can yeah. tell by like season season three is where it really started to actually find its stride and it all ended. Yeah. <laughs> and I almost feel that maybe Lindelof took that lesson from the I leftovers so. for Watchmen. It's like Definitely. okay, we have the basis of this this story that's we been don't already have created, to base but we it don't off anything. Yeah, either. and we don't have to be a faithful adaptation. We can find the kind of the look at the world or the universe that you know Alan Moore has created, but do different things within that. And dude, it's so cool, man! Like the world building in the show, it takes place in 2019, and but it's in the universe from the comics, not the movie. Although the Zack Snyder movie is pretty much the exact same except for the ending and the ending uh, spoilers for Watchmen in the comics giant uh, octopus giant squid squid <laughs> a giant squid is dropped in New York City and kills millions of people but it's to stop a nuclear war between the US and Russia so that Ozymon Ozymandias uh, and Dr. Manhattan. Uh, anyways, you should go read Watchmen or watch the Zack Snyder movie and then read about what happened. And Ozzy's played by Jeremy Irons in the series, Yeah, right? which is supposed to be a mystery, but, I mean, there you go. He's been talking about it, but yeah. if you didn't, if you don't follow any of that stuff, but, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably do. Right. Um, but the first episode, it's kind of it's never explicitly said that he is playing Ozymandias, but like... So are they kind um, of focusing more on just new characters yes. that are not in ca- the canon? Yeah, but using the characters from Watchmen in a really interesting way. So 
I don't want to go through everything because I really think you guys should watch it, but the Trent Reznor Atticus Ross score is incredible. It's how's, so fucking good. How's my boy um, Don Johnson? Uh, dude, he's so good too. Dude, you gotta watch. This. I will. I, I will. I will. Wait. I can't wait for you to watch it. Um, because I think you'll really like it. And the cinematography is excellent. Uh, 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 Regina uh, King. Regina King is uh, is amazing. Who won the Oscar for If Beale Street Could um, Talk? Yeah, she is unbelievable in it. And the way that it, it builds on that Watchmen universe and how people have kind of, I mean, um, it's now what thirty plus years since the yeah the late eighties, like, right? Because yeah. it was it was in a response to you know consumerism and the Cold War and sort of again like. Uh, the countdown clock, right? Yeah, so the doomsday clock. Yeah, yeah. and so the well, countdown been, clock in in, 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 that, yeah. in our world, right? Yes, fair. Um, so uh, Robert Redford's been the president for 30 plus years in nice. this universe. Um, he is the natural. They hint at different things. So like um, cell phones don't exist in this universe. People just have pagers. The internet doesn't uh, exist in this universe. Um, so it's some really cool, like it feels like 2019, but then still feels like the 80s a little bit too. Right. Because that stuff never got invented. Um, and uh, like, so police officers um, wear masks to not reveal their identity to people. And then detectives at the police force uh create almost like these superhero personas which is um like really really cool uh tim blake nelson is fucking awesome and like dude i was so blown away with this that i'm like i am all in on this series and like right. um don't which, fuck this up yeah, hbo like yeah, game I'm of like, thrones <laughs> yeah i'm just like i hope not but um, I am super excited for more. I don't want to go too into it, but maybe when you watch it and I mean, the unfortunate thing is like the streaming quality on Crave still not great. Right. Um, I, w I wish I had the willpower to wait until it all airs and then just buy it on iTunes because the quality will be much better. Uh, I'll eventually buy the 4k probably when it comes out, um, to rewatch it. But, but that's a compliment to the show itself that mm -hmm. the quality is so high and that the storytelling is, so well done that you need to watch it that it's now become your new event series it starts in a place that you don't ex expect it ends in a place you don't expect and i have no idea where it's going to go but i watched the like coming up this season on watchmen and i'm like i am fucking 100 percent i wonder this. if uh damon lindelof has an idea of where the show is going to end because like you heard when him and carlton cruz uh were working on lost that they kind of had an idea of where the series was going, but I do kind of feel that, like, even though I like Lost, we both really do like it a lot, that it, pun intended, I guess, got lost along the way. Or yeah. It, it got away they from They didn't them. know... It wasn't like from the beginning they knew they were going to tell sex, sex, six seasons of... Sex seasons. Um, but I, I would think moving... Like, I think he learned a lot from that as right. well. Like, I am I love Lost. Um, I like Damon Lindelof. Um, I think he gets shit on. Like, I even think Prometheus is great. Yeah, I agree completely. So Fuck the haters. Um, yeah, and <laughs> so now this makes me really want to go back and finish Leftovers because I, I did watch the first couple episodes. Yeah, I would say the first season's kind of like... There, there are moments. It, it's, it's a lot of fits and starts. But like once you get through that first season and the groundwork is kind of laid, mm -hmm. it almost 
reboots itself in season two and it does stuff that is like okay now now i'm truly on board with this okay series but then season three is also like a new season entirely it's almost and an anthology series with the same characters it is and then when season three ends you're like no i oh. want more this so is i like, hope you get that in yeah. watchmen because like i've heard people compare it to leftovers as but this well, almost but like, sounds weirdly even more consistent because yeah. like if if this first episode is that much of a hook then I'm sure the rest of the series going forward will have the same kind of consistency where, where again, The Leftovers, when I recommend it to people or talk to people about it, it it's it's a show that you need to be patient with. Yeah. Because it's, it's kind of a rocky start. Yeah. Where this, I don't think, is a rocky start at all. And it's playing within that mystery box kind of thing, but without, like, you know, forcing it. I feel like um, you're going for the Takis. Um, Hell yeah. You're going to crunch into that microphone. Well, when no, everyone loves. It's here. all good. Um, it, people will still hear. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, it's really good. Like it doesn't feel like the mysteries are just like there for the sake of being like, ooh, what could that be? It feels like the, a natural part of this st- storytelling. And um, I can't wait to uh, continue to watch it. Like HBO, I, I'll give them credit. Like they always – have something that ma- makes you come crawling back after you cancel. So well, I'm excited about um, Golden Compass. Yeah, I'm or his Master's Dark Material. Yeah, so I'm I'm curious now that I have I'll probably keep my Crave subscription just because I want to watch watch. Oh, and so, and the Outsiders. Yeah, so I'll I'll watch the trailers for those after this and see um uh, if it'll keep me in. And I keep hearing good things about Succession too, so I kind of yeah. want to check that out. And yeah, there's there's a great video for that where. A guy records um, the opening with with lyrics. Oh, it's great! Yeah. I mean, you've that seen guy, that. That guy has kiss done for, that before. Kiss for daddy. That's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Okay, let's move over to staying at home. Let's try to fly through this stuff so we can um, get into the the big meatiness of this episode. Even though we're probably like an hour in already. Meet daddy. Um, I will quickly. I mean, both of us can kind of talk about this, but uh, Disney uh, did send us a copy of. The Lion King in or Le Roy Lion or whatever the fuck no. it is. No, uh, I refuse to acknowledge uh, that. In 4K, yep. uh, I think your biggest criticism from the start will be the uh, the slip cover and box yes. art. It, um, it begins and ends yeah. <laughs> with, with the aesthetics. Yeah, so they did send it. It did arrive today. So it is out on Blu-ray um, and 4K today. Yeah. Um, so you guys can pick it up. So we didn't get a chance to watch the entire movie, but we did want to throw it on to kind of see how it would look in 4K and sound in Dolby Atmos. Um, and yeah, I thought it looked... It, it, as much you guys can see our thoughts on the actual film if you want to go back and listen to our review on Untitled Movie Reviews for Lion King. Um, but I mean, I still do think it's a pretty movie and I think it is a technical feat what they were able to kind of accomplish even though I don't think it necessarily works in, in the context of this movie of having hyper-realistic animals um, speaking the lines and singing and stuff like that. But I thought it looked good on 4K. I mean, you you made a point about saying it looked a little bit even more digital watching it like on TV or at home. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have a great TV and, and, and um, sound system. But yeah, like just watching that opening. And again, I think one of the biggest problems I had compared to the original animated 2D hand-drawn film was that the the expressions were more human like when you see um iago uh, right uh, yeah uh, no uh, no not iago uh, zazu. zazu zazu land different bird different movie um <laughs> zazu land and do the kind of the curtsy yeah in 
the uh, original version, uh, Mustafa um, kind of greets him with this really Mufasa, warm okay. Mufasa. Mustafa. <laughs> I'm, I'm having one of those days because I'm also looking at the, the recording screen yeah. to make sure it's, it's no, going. You're good. Don't worry Mufasa kind of greets him with this very warm, yeah. friendly smile. In this, you don't get that. Like, no, I know. Those little things are missing in uh in this version and i think the biggest critic of this film now is elton john yeah he did come out <laughs> and say that but i mean his music sounds great um the atmos sound sounded really good for the circle of life scene so we haven't had a chance to kind of go through everything but we did want to kind of mention that it is out today if you guys do want to pick it up and i mean again listen to our review i i it is the lion king you remember just i would just be like i don't know you could just watch the animated movie it looks incredible on 4k the, yeah. the animated uh film uh, and sounds great in dolby atmos as well so uh, i just wanted to kind of say that that's out today so you guys can pick that up it looks nice in 4k um but a lot of these disney releases like it's we're getting to a point now where, of course, it looks great on 4K, right? right. So uh, go check that out. The special features, there is a John Favreau commentary, which I don't really feel like I notice a lot on Disney releases, like commentaries for their movies. No, um, not necessarily. Um, and then there's some uh, a few more special features that I actually should list for you, Eric Vamp. All right, I'm vamping right now. Um yeah, so they talked – I mean, Favreau put in his two cents about the Scorsese-Marvel uh, yeah. feud. And he just said kind of like what I feel. It's like, yeah, he's allowed to have his opinion. That's fine. Like, like let's move on. Although I feel Coppola, Francis Ford Coppola, has almost become like a troll where like Scorsese seemed more sincere about his comments where Coppola is kind of just jumping to on. To say despicable is a little Yeah, much. yeah. Um, okay, so I do want to list what you guys can watch on uh, the special features. Uh, The Journey to the Lion King documentary, a behind-the-scenes magic with the filmmakers and cast. Ooh. (laughs) Sorry, we didn't have time to check all these out yet, so I can't really give you thoughts on them, but uh, more to be seen which is peel back the layers of the iconic... There's more to be seen. Yeah, of iconic musical and numbers. more to be Ooh, you get a Spirit Beyonce music video. Will it be um, better than her actual singing in the movie? Uh, Who knows? Yeah, I know. She's not great in the movie. No. Uh, <laughs> I was talking with my sister, Hot Take. She, We talked about her, I think, last episode where she said she didn't like movies, but she loves Shutter Island. Right. Um, she... Liked what a lot. weird and random movie, but also great at the same time. Yeah, fantastic. Um, she saw Lion King and she liked it, but she thought Beyonce was terrible yeah. and the worst part of the movie. The worst Nala uh, ever. Yeah, there is an audio commentary and then there's a sing-along where you can kind of choose the songs if you'd like. So that is available now if you guys want to pick it up uh, on 4K. It looks pretty nice and sounds pretty good. Um, but then just watch the original. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, we're still at staying at home. Anything quickly? I have some things on your list here. If yes. You to so talk I want to rattle these off because, um, the studios that sent me these discs were very kind, um, to do so. And also, um, they didn't come until a little bit later because we had, uh, Canadian Thanksgiving and things like that. So there were some delays. So Keener, uh, Kino Lorber, um, Studio Classics sent me uh, the action uh, movie Wanted Dead or Alive, not to be confused with the Steve McQueen TV series that was parodied in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, so Wanted Dead or Alive, apparently Siri is going you, off. It as keeps a, going off. That's as, like the third time. <laughs> it's telling us So apparently it's 7 p.m. In, in Hollywood, Florida. No, uh, it, oh, 
oh, that's, Hollywood, that, Florida. That was a like... joke in in Jane Silent Bob reboot that was kind of funny. Is that that's in the outtakes though, where it's like they're 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 going to Hollywood, California, but everybody thinks they're going to Hollywood, uh, uh, Florida. Okay, and they have a service called Ride Me. Sweet, yeah, <laughs> great. It, th- those are the jokes we're <laughs> yeah. working with. Anyway, so Kino uh, Lorber Classics sent me Wanted Dead or Alive with Rucker Hauer, and he plays a bounty hunter that's hired by the CIA to hunt down Gene Simmons. Uh, it's a like late, at Gene Simmons, the Gene not Simmons. Like a char- not, no, no, no. The well, he's well, playing a character, but he's the he's villain playing, in the film. But Ka- he's playing himself, or no, a villain. Okay. So uh, Gene I thought Simmons, you meant, like the movies about him hunting Gene. Simmons. No, that would be amazing. But Gene Simmons is playing a villain. That he's hunting down. Sweet. And it's actually a fun movie. Okay, cool. So it's one of those films, and I've talked and I talked about it when Rucker Howard just recently passed away, where Howard was always kind of used in the Hollywood system for the most part as a villain. And he, there was always something really interesting and kind of alluring about his sort of villain kind of qualities, whether it be in Blade Runner or The Hitcher. Um but when he played a hero, he kind of brought this really interesting kind of almost perverseness to the role. Like you never were quite sure if he was a good guy completely. There was a moral complexity to the role. And in this, he's having so much fun in, in playing this character. And it's a, it's a really kind of good little action movie from the late 80s that a lot of people don't talk about much anymore. So I'd recommend checking that out if you're a you know a, a, an 80s action movie fan or a fan of Rucker Hauer's stuff. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, they also sent me Parasite, not to be confused with the Bong Joon-ho version, but the Charles Band version that has just been released today. So Wanted Dead or Alive is now available. It's been out for a couple of weeks. Parasite uh, was released today, and that is from the early 1980s, and it kind of used the 3D gimmick then. It's uh, the first film to star Demi Moore, and it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic dystopian universe where... Um, you know, this government agency is tracking down this uh, individual who stole a canister that has this parasitic creature that attacks people. It's kind of a cheesy B movie, but if you're in the mood for, you know, something horror like that isn't necessarily scary and that's kind of fun to laugh at or laugh with, I think you'll kind of enjoy it. Um, Charles Band kind of tried to remake it almost weirdly with uh, Crash and Burn in the uh, the early 90s under his Full Moon label. Um, and sort of, again, instead of having a, an alien organism or a, or a bio-organism, he had uh, uh, robots uh, fighting in that one. So Parasite, not the Bong Joon-ho movie, but... Do you think the... they strategically are releasing No, I, I, I think it's just that, that Kino's been releasing a lot of catalog stuff, and Parasite has been one that's been in the works for a while. And again, like, it was originally made uh in 3d and there's a 3d version of it on the disc so if you're curious to see what like early 1980s 3d looks like uh have at it it's did it come with or is it like 3d like at mike's tv or something yeah it's 3d and like it doesn't have 3d glasses or anything like that you have to have a 3d blu-ray player and 3d television um and it's i've seen the 3d fun to watch at mike's one yeah yeah i I would definitely be down to watch it and again it's it's kind of boring at times sure like you can tell like they shot it in places where they either, you know, knew somebody or had a friend. It was all kind of on the fly or like Charles Band owned like, 
you know, this studio set. So they were shooting like four movies at once and they were just kind of rotating through the day. Yeah. Um, so this is when he was, when he owned Empire Pictures. Um, but yeah, like I guess the most interesting thing about it now is that it's Demi Moore's first movie and okay. not a lot of people know about it. And then Trilogy of Terror 2 is the sequel to Trilogy of Terror, which is an anthology uh, TV movie. The first one, the main one kind of being known for uh, the voodoo doll that kind of terrorizes Karen Black. This one is kind of a follow up to specifically that. Um, I haven't seen this before because it's a TV movie that was released in the early 90s. So I'm interested to check that out. It was also released today. And then lastly, jumping from uh, Kino Lorber um, Classics, um, a company that I've never really heard of before got in touch with me and asked if I wanted a Blu-ray copy of uh, Stefan Brise's new movie, At War, which is with Vincent Linden, um, whose last movie we both actually, I think, enjoyed for the most part or respected was The Measure of a Man. Remember the, the film about the yeah. uh, the French uh, uh, sort of unemployed worker yeah, who goes really to the nice, grocery actually. store yeah. and is working security? So this is more to do with we saw like... saw that light box, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is more to do with like... Um, uh, a factory laying off its workers and the workers coming together to sort of protest the the factory and the people that laid them off. I haven't watched it yet, but uh, Cinema Libra uh, Studios is the company that released it. And when I went on to Blu-ray.com to see some of their other stuff, I didn't realize that they had another movie that I will be uh, ordering uh, which is a Canadian film that rare, Canadian movies rarely get Blu-ray releases and especially American or international releases. Yeah. So a film that I saw at TIFF a few years ago called Nelly, not to do with the singer Nelly, sure. but uh, director, uh, Quebecois director Anne Imond, who directed um, Our Loved Ones uh, a few years prior to Nelly, um, or the year before, pardon me, in, tw- in 2015, and then Nelly came out in 2016. Um, which is about Nelly Arcon, the poet who was known as being a former uh, escort and and died sadly of of AIDS, um, is a very powerful surrealist kind of biopic. And again, like I did not know that this was on Blu-ray, um, so you can order that as well right now at Wars on Blu-ray as well. So I'll be ordering uh, uh, Nelly. So if you want to check out one of those, I would recommend that. But Anne uh, Imond is a fantastic filmmaker. And if you haven't seen uh, Our Loved Ones, it's not available on Blu-ray, but I know it's on iTunes. So right. I would recommend so probably that. an HD yeah. on there. Nice. Uh, good segue uh, on iTunes for me on the digital end. Uh, there's a big Halloween sale, not uh, necessarily a... Water, yeah, yeah, go for it. I'm just, I'm just uh, <laughs> yeah, asking. You can go, guys. You know where it is. Uh, I'll vamp. Um, there's a big Halloween sale on iTunes right now, so I won't list everything. But if you go on, it's uh, one of the big banners at the top. You guys can go check that out. There's tons of movies on there that are between, you know, five, seven, and ten dollars. Um, I'll list a few things in 4K uh, that are ten bucks. Uh, Crawl. Uh, in 4K is ten dollars. Uh, a movie that we reviewed, and you guys can check out on uh, the Untitled Movie Reviews no, channel. <laughs> we did do that, yes. Um, and uh, a movie that I think we both enjoyed, um, and I think is a better movie than I expected it to be, but that made it a little less fun than I wanted it to be. Uh, but for ten dollars in 4K, still not a bad pickup. Um, Us in 4K. 
uh, for $10, which I think is an excellent uh, deal. As much as I, I didn't love the film, I'm curious to actually give it another rewatch, and now is the perfect time. Um, uh, a movie I didn't see, and I think, Eric, you didn't really love it that much, but Ma is in uh, – and actually Ma and The Dead Don't Die both got very you know tepid – to negative reviews, but for ten bucks, I mean that's less than a a, a ticket at the movies. And tis and, the season, as they yeah, say. Yeah, so I think those are two that I might end up. It's not that I need to own them, but for ten dollars, I might as well just buy them and right. watch them. So, um, and now if I don't watch them in the next two weeks, I, I probably won't. Yeah, because you don't like horror movies, um, and that's what actually the holidays. You haven't even watched anything I've recommended, I know, dude. To I'm you. so behind on everything. It's been a busy. I gotta month, sit actually. you down, and we gotta watch it's, one thing. At yeah, least. it's it's been a busy month. I watched The Shining. You know what? There is um, one other thing that I would like to watch. I haven't seen. I think it's on. It's a Blumhouse movie as well. Uh, speaking with Ma, is Sweetheart, which played at Sundance. Oh yeah, which is supposed to be like this island monster movie. Okay, I haven't heard anything about it. Um. The Dead Don't Die was the one movie that uh, Nick Scarpino from Kind of Funny brought up to me because when I saw him at the first thing, he was like, yo, I was thinking about you on the plane. He was like, I was watching Dead Don't Die and I was like on the way to Toronto and he's just like, it's like I wonder what Rohrbeck thinks of this. I'm like, didn't even see it. <laughs> I'm like, because I heard it was bad. I wanted to go, but that screening that I skipped. At yeah, the it's okay. Yeah. Jim Jarmusch kind of doesn't really know what he's doing or he kind of lost interest halfway through. Yeah. And it, he's, I mean, he's good at genre, but like he just... Zombie movies are tough because they're only as interesting as the characters that are up against yeah. the, the Walking Dead. And in this case, it's not that interesting. Unfortunate. And then uh, the 2019 Halloween in 4K is uh, $10. So that's pretty good for this month. Yeah. Next year we get uh, a, a sequel. Halloween yeah. Kills and then eventually Halloween Ends. Now, they're not yeah. opening the same year, are they? Back to back, back to I back, think. Yeah. So uh, uh, excited for those. All right, uh, moving into uh, probably the biggest segment of the show this week, uh, talking trailers. So, I mean, do you want to just get bloodshot out of the way, or do we even want to talk about talking it? Talking trailers talking movie news. Uh, uh, movie news is the big one. I know, but The Rise of Skywalker trailer. Oh, oh right, big. okay. So, I, I know like, what you're saying. I think, How dare you? I Bloodshot mean, looks like it's going to be a masterwork. Let's just quickly go through Bloodshot, and then we'll get into uh, Skywalker. Imagine but... Memento, but as an action movie... And we'll still cast Guy Pierce yeah. as a nod to that movie. As Sammy Jenkins. Although in the IMDb trivia, it does say that Michael Sheen was originally cast but had to drop out. But I think they knew what they were doing. Uh, I said this to you over text when I watched the trailer. Um, didn't know it was a Sony and Columbia Pictures movies one. Because uh, it felt like something that was like an STX movie. If right. That makes sense. So when I or watched... like one of those starter up companies. Yeah. Or Millennium even. Like yeah, it Millennium. Kind of, like, I mean, it yeah. looks a little nicer than like the it Angel does. Has Fallen films or expendable. So that's what I mean by like I watched the trailer and I'm like, "Oh, this looks like more slick and a, has a bigger budget than I assumed it did." Right. Um like it still looks goofy and stupid and um pretty much shows you the entire movie in this trailer. But is trailer. it the right kind of stupid? Um, I I don't know. That's the thing. I think it might end up being that boring kind of stupid right. rather than the like over the top fun. Then the triple X kind of stupid. Yes. Will he be wearing a fur coat in this movie? No, Only but... time will tell. So uh, the, the trailer was more graphic than I expected it to be. Right. With, the, um, with him getting his face shot off and, and stuff like well, that. Well, I think but... you can get away with that if, like, you show that he is of, you know, yeah. he can repair it's a, himself. It's not right? a real boy. Yeah. 
Uh, anyways, it doesn't look super, super great, but like it's it, based on a yeah, comic a book comic graphic book, yeah. novel, right? Bloodshot and, is what it's called, correct? Yeah, and and it kind of reminded me a little bit of even like Universal Soldiers. Yeah, a little bit. So, anyways, we wanted to mention that because Eric told me to. Right. Well, <laughs> I mean, it seemed like an interesting trailer to talk about. Even, yeah. but again, like it does feel like it is very much kind of turning Memento into an action movie. Yeah, it really. I mean, is. Guy Pierce is literally playing uh, Joey Pantaloni. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, okay. and, that, and they give that away in the trailer, too, that the organization yeah. he's working for is double-crossing. That's what I mean. The, they, double the twist him. is there. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't know what the hell else we're going to It's going to be all movie. told in, in chrono, uh, reverse chronological yeah. order. Pardon me. I was choking there you on You can't the... speak today. I can't. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired. I went to bed last night at, like, 2.30. I don't know why. I've been up I around just, like... since 5 or 6 because yeah. I had to – when we get to the end of the episode, I'll reveal my – Everyone's going to be like, uh, just news. fucking talk about the Star Wars trailer. Um, but I had to get everything done right, that I would right. normally get done at the end of the week today. Yeah. So, like, everything is done now, but, right. like, I am exhausted. I could I, – I'm with you on that. Like, I was just lying in bed last night, and I'm like, I can't – I was watching Hot Ones at, like, 2 in the morning right. on my phone in bed with my headphones in. And I'm like, I should just go to sleep. Why don't I go to you sleep? You can't turn off, man. And then – because we got on this, like, hook because, like, we watched the Paul Rudd one, and then I was like, ooh, I want to watch some more Hot Ones. Because Hot Ones has never been, the sh- like, my show because – Interview shows are always. I didn't realize how good Sean Evans was, really. Right. And I find a He's lot of the times, definitely a hand talker, especially because. And I'm doing that right now too. I, I do it all the time yeah. as well. Uh, you and I have worked. Not saying that we're like seasoned veterans or anything, but we've interviewed people before, right? right? So it's hard for me to. You can go see my uh, interview with Ang Lee. Yeah, you can. Please watch Eric's <laughs> interview with Ang Lee. But it's hard for me to watch other people interview people. Yeah. Um, because I get like weirdly like embarrassed or self-conscious or like I overthink it or go how I would talk to them or I, I don't like a question and then I just don't want to hear it. Right. Or Paul Rudd brought this up in his hot ones is like a lot of the times it's bullshit, right? Like you're just selling something and they're telling you the same story they've told a million people and it, they don't even know if it's real at this point. They're just kind of saying it, right? Which I thought that was kind of an interesting way to take that interview. And so I don't watch a lot of interview series. Like I just don't like it. Um, so hot ones was one of those things where I would dabble in it depending on who it is. You would dab. Um, yeah. Dab in it. The last dab. Um, but the Paul Rudd one, he's such a likable guy that I'm like, okay, people keep talking about this one being like he's so charming or whatever. So I watched it and I'm like, oh yeah, Sean Evans is really good at his job. And uh, well, he has a good team as well. Like the people that do the research, like yeah. I mean, he's a part of it, obviously. But there are people that are working behind the scenes that are totally as really crew, helping right? out. And I feel like they don't get enough credit because it's it's a team of people that kind of put this thing together. Oh, of course, and make it like work. any show, right? Yeah. And but he's just very good at like. Getting a natural conversation out of people and yeah, well, especially when you're eating course. like flaming yeah. hot wings, yeah, right? Yeah, it, those the those bomb things. is always the one that gets everyone. Yeah, I know. I gotta go back. I I, I gotta watch them. The but. Shia LaBeouf one is really good. This that was the beginning of this season. Um, yes, I heard that, and I watched the Gordon Ramsay one, which is pretty good. I just like how um, he almost becomes Gallagher in yeah. a weird way, where like he brings all these like you know things to kind of cool him down, and it's like yeah. he's trying everything. It's really funny. <laughs> All right. The donut was pretty good. Yeah. All right. Let, let's get to probably the thing most people want us to talk about, I'm assuming. Um, last night, uh, during Monday Night Football, which I didn't watch. I just waited for the trailer to drop online. Um, we got the Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker final trailer. So um, 
uh, and the tickets went on sale yesterday. So, yes. Um, it was a little bit chaotic because everyone assumed the tickets would go on sale after the trailer dropped during Monday Night Football, and uh, it sent everyone into panic mode when they just kind of randomly went on sale a couple hours before Monday Night Football, I think around 7, 7.30. So I got a notification on my phone being like, Adam, tickets. You because can- you're a nerd. Um, yeah, that nerd. as well. And I was already refreshing Cineplex to see um, if I could get tickets, but uh, the Adam app sent uh, Landmark actually went on sale first. So um, I picked up tickets uh, to the 6.30 p.m. showing uh, of Rise of Skywalker in Whitby at Landmark, which you guys have heard us talk about on the show. Um, if you're, we got to do a show uh, there. Yeah, I'd be down. I mean, we have the, we have the iPhone set up now, so if we ever, I mean, if I ever come back down and go see something, we can. Um, um, I mean, even like there. a professional one where like we like book out the video, the, 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 the cool. cinema. Yeah, yeah, just start making a studio there every week. Yeah. That'd be dope. Uh, great theater. Um, excited to watch the movie there. I'm sure. Like, I mean, who knows? But uh, we'll probably, hopefully, there'll be a, either a premiere or a press screening before that. But I don't there know, will be. I don't know how protective they'll be. There will be, but I don't know when it will be. Like, if it'll be right before, a couple days before. It'll knows? it'll be the week of or the week before. Yeah. That's usually when when the Star Wars screenings do happen. Yeah, um, we've I already just... just been invited to. Uh, the, the Disney, Disney breakfast, uh, breakfast we... and presentation for 2020. Yeah, so, you fun. know, when that happens, that usually means it's almost the end of the year. And like, yeah. there's only one or two more things coming yeah. up from, so, from Disney. That will change my plans a little bit. So I also bought tickets to the IMAX. I don't know if he shot any of this in IMAX. And you were upset so. because the Scotiabank Theater is only showing it in 3D, right? Which Disney does this still for some reason. Uh, most studios have gone away from that. But Disney... It's smart, but it's annoying in the sense where they know everyone wants to see the movie right away. So they put their opening night screenings in 3D on their big platforms, whether it's AVX um, here in Canada. That's our kind of like, you know, XD uh, Dolby Cinema style kind of thing. Not as good, but... um, and then their IMAX screenings are all in 3D for some reason on the Thursday night. And then they only start the 2D showings on opening day the next day. So. Now, do you think that they lose out because people like yourself only want to see it in 2D? And, 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 or do you think that most people just don't care? So I think most people just want those big uh, – like they want that IMAX screening at Scotiabank. So they'll – go 3d but i'm more picky but like matt if, johnson but if you look if you look at <laughs> um if you look at all of the regular screenings and i've heard this from people all around on the internet being like the 3d showings sell out last right like it's right. the 2d showings that sell out first and then whether it's at draft house or amc or wherever um and Cineplex, I haven't gone through and checked many of the other screenings, but our 2D screening at Landmark sold out pretty quickly, I think, and that's in Whippy. And like, yeah, I'll be sitting next to you, um, Nevis, and our friend Mike Munts. Yes, so which will probably be the second time we see the movie. But, yeah. Now um, for for the IMAX screening, you're seeing a 2D version, right? Yes. Okay. So that ticket I have on the Friday, so I might have to choose between going to Whippy on. Uh, on Thursday or waiting to the next day on Friday to see the IMAX version. But that will depend on, I don't know if it has an expanded aspect ratio in IMAX, if JJ shot any of it in IMAX, like he shot some of force awakens in IMAX. Right. So, well, wouldn't um, they be promoting that at all? Or wouldn't that think be something so, of, but like, of interest? Yeah. But I have I on IMDB, it says he did, but I haven't, 
confirm that anywhere. So that's why I bought both. And anyways, that's our nerdy ticket talk for Star Wars. But the trailer, uh, final trailer, I've watched it way too many times already. We watched it once uh, right before we started recording. Um, I haven't talked to you at all about the trailer. So yeah, I I've only watched it a couple of times because I've been really trying to, to avoid, avoid yeah. second and third trailers. Same. Like I, I haven't even watched. I know you didn't like it and a lot of people seem to really hate the on the nose music in it but like i haven't even seen the second trailer for bombshell oh you haven't no, no. Uh, the music's bad in that it's uh, it plays billy eyelashes uh, uh eilish i know i'm yeah. doing that on, i know on purpose she actually has a really good uh hot, hot ones? ones episode she's great she reminded I... me of like a harmony corinne character oh, yeah. come to life no she would be in a harmony corinne movie yeah. for sure um she's great um i like bad guy the song too but it's, it's okay. just it's weird did you in see that, um ep- in that trailer uh, Brightburn. We keep doing this where we're about to talk about the trailer, we're, and we're leaving we people about, in suspense. And then we talk about whatever <laughs> other fucking garbage. I I I own Brightburn. I haven't okay. watched it yet because they use that for the end, end credits, credits song, yeah. and it's like okay. Yeah. I I like that song, but it's um, fine. It's very like of the late '90s kind of sure. You know, like obnoxious in your face but i mean it's what do you expect yeah right? like, uh she's 18 so i'm it's... doing the same thing as you where if i really care about the movie i try to only watch the teaser now and you'll notice that in trailer talk or talking trailers whatever the fuck this segment's called um <laughs> Uh, get to the fucking trailer yeah we don't really review second and third trailers usually we just do the first ones but i made an exception for star wars and i think disney does a pretty good job lately at like marketing their movies well, is it disney or much. is it jj that's really kind of well, that and too. kathleen kennedy but, I mean, that are saying, you like at, you know we want to only show you this look at endgame and stuff like that too i would say that disney is being is smart with these big movies not revealing too much so um i loved this trailer um I almost get emotional watching it. I get chills. C-3PO My scene. nipples were hard the first time that I, I watched it. Um, the C-3PO when Matt's nipples get hard, like, yeah. a jowl gets its wings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, I thought it was incredible. The music is, is fantastic. The movie looks gorgeous. I feel like they're giving us just enough to kind of um, – Well, it makes uh, you feel that it is truly the end yeah. of this saga, era and yeah. this saga and that we're – coming to a close that doesn't necessarily mean that star wars is ending because obviously with the announcements of all these potential spin-offs disney, uh, plus, shows, disney yeah. plus shows like it's clearly not but like maybe getting away from this skywalker saga is going to be an even more exciting proposition because now moving forward the universe can expand yeah, yeah. in the way that like Watchmen, even right like yeah no totally yeah uh so your thoughts on the trailer i liked it i i again like i i think it hasn't hit me completely yet just because we're we're still well we're not that far away from two it we're months. Just two months away but it's almost like i'm in denial that it's like this is the yeah, end weirdly right. it's like it's like no 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 this can't be the end these are all my favorite characters are here chewy c3po yeah. Watto? No, not Watto. Oh, um, I wish. But yeah, like Watto's got to show up somewhere, right? Yeah, he he will at some point. Um, I have a feeling if anywhere it'd be the Mandalorian. <laughs> be great. Yeah. In Taika's episode or something. <laughs> like Taika um, would be that guy yeah, that yeah. does it. Um. Oh, and that was interesting as well. Just off uh, again, going off it completely. <laughs> Carl Weathers is directing oh, yeah. episodes of of season yeah, two. Season two. Yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that in the news coming up. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I I really like the look of it. I think the uh, battle on the ship with uh, the water was kind of a, yeah. a cool image. I'm just hoping that it's not going to be a retread, and it, I don't think it will. But like of 
what Revenge of the Sith was, where it's yeah. like, this is where it's all building up to. This is the moment you've been waiting for, and then it's just a big wet fart. Uh, yeah. And it's not going to oh, be. Oh, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, Revenge meant, of the Sith. That's what I'm saying. Return like, of the Jedi. Yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, or, no, no Return of the Jedi is great. Okay, good. That's, yeah. I was just making sure. Um, yeah, I'm... I'm I think they're just giving me the right amount. Um, uh, we haven't really seen anything from Carrie Russell's character. Something or, always or, pops up or drops uh, yeah, into the frame for that opening shot in the teaser great. or trailer. Um, but yeah, I'm super, super excited. I don't even want to talk about it that much, but um, I, I loved every second of this trailer. So do you I think that wait. this whole Kylo Ren, uh, Ray thing, what 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 do what the fans call that? Uh, Raylo. Raylo will be discussed. So... And where My, when is when are they going to make a parody edit of this for Marriage Story? Yeah, I know. The I had Force a, Story. I had a wild theory that I don't think is could possibly happen, and I think it might be cheap or something. But like, I had this, and I I've been saying this back in Force Awakens when when you get the I mean spoilers everyone, uh, Han Solo's death. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've said that for some reason I still weirdly – and I don't think it makes sense because I need to think about it more. But like this weird thing of Kylo being this like double agent this whole time. But I just – it doesn't quite make sense. But I feel like there's something there where really his internal struggle is that he's had to do all these horrible things because he's been undercover for so long. And So like, he's basically and, Snape. Yes. Nevis said the exact same thing when I pitched this to her. She's like, the re- she's like oh, so it's just the Snape reveal in – in, in Harry Potter, and I'm like, oh yeah, that is perfect. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Maybe I'm just thinking of that. Right. I don't know. Well, they, I mean, Alan um, Rickman had a black wig on as well. It's kind of wet. <laughs> that's and true. Long. And- so if they go the Snape route with Kylo Ren, I just don't know if that fully makes sense because I think in, with Snape in in Harry Potter, we ha- we never really got scenes with just Snape until later when when the reveal happened, right? Yeah. Or um, Snape with his shirt off. <laughs> yeah, I wish <laughs> well, that would have been glorious. Um, <laughs> Potter. So I feel like, I don't know, maybe that struggle that we've seen and all the shit that he's had to do was like because he's had to, you know, he had to do anything because he knew the Emperor was still out there and he needed to, to kind of get to him. Get to him. And he had to convince him that, you know, he was this evil bad guy so he can finally get him out of hiding because like there is that one shot in this and we saw the throne room sequence obviously in in last jedi and in this use there is one scene where ray and kylo are look like they're smashing the um looks like darth vader's kind of helmet on that stanchion kind of thing right and it looks like they're working together and i mean i know that jj does this to kind of throw you off and you never know what's actually he's misleading you matt but i do i there's this thing in my brain going that there's going to be this Snape reveal and, and everyone wonders like, is there going to be redemption for Kylo? And I'm like, maybe it is that like, and even the moment with Han Solo, it's like, um, Han probably knew about it and maybe needed like, he was like, you need to kill me to make them believe that you are this bad person to tr- eventually get to this point. But then I, I contradict myself. Cause then I think about other moments in the series that that doesn't really quite work out, but maybe they can show it from a different angle or why right. he had to do certain things. But there's also but, been other speculation um, online that Ray, I think you even talked about this yeah, clone clone Ray yeah. and stuff like that. And, and Matt the, Smith the, not being revealed that maybe he's like, 
the host for the emperor now or something like that or yeah i could see something like that where maybe he's a clone of the emperor or something like that because maybe so maybe with kylo saying i know who you are when he talks about her in the trailer when she's like she doesn't know who she is that um maybe the reveal is that like she is no one so you're still going to what ryan johnson was saying where she's like she's not like her parents don't matter kind of thing. But then the reveal is like, you don't necessarily even have parents. It's just right. You're, you're a clone. And then that, there's that shot of her with the double, like Darth Maul style lightsaber. Uh, just and, Maul. Um, yeah, sure. He just goes by now, Maul now. Maul now. Cause it, half of his body got cut yeah. off. So half of his name got cut off. The, the Darth uh, was the blower. <laughs> half. The lower half. Yeah. His penis was Darth. <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird. Cause you'd think Maul would be the name uh, of his sure, penis. Sure. God damn it. Anyway. Even if he has a penis, um, why are you assuming that he has male genitalia? Matt? That's true. Yeah. We don't know what, who he is. Um, or she, or it, or, uh, them, I don't know, them, um, Anyways, I don't really think my theory holds up, but I've just been thinking about all that stuff because I can't stop thinking about this. And Here's um, the other thing. Watto yeah. is fully nude. Yeah, he has no pants on, right? He yeah. has a vest, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I do have your Watto action figure you got me. I know. I got, I want to go to Galaxy's Edge so bad, dude. Like, um, uh, you can buy a stuffed Watto and you can buy a salacious crumb puppet. Oh my god, I'm I need like, that. I, it's oh, so cool. I'm like, uh, Nevis will, will hate me if I bring that home. I already have a Porg with my Tiff badge <laughs> <laughs> over there. Um, and I, yeah, she shoved Watto at like the back of the fucking, <laughs> we don't talk about yeah, this. She's just like, no, I like, I have a shelf at the back of my condo where I had has, to get you that. Oh, it's amazing. I love it. But, um, once I have a, a, a home rather than a condo, I'll probably have like, you know, my home. three salacious my, crumb yeah, stuff. God, I can't, I'm getting that salacious crumb when I go to galaxy's edge. I cannot wait. So, um, yeah, super, super jacked for, uh, rise of Skywalker. That's my theory. Let me know what you guys think. Um, I, I don't know if it's true, but I keep thinking about that. I don't know if it would be a cop-out or if it would make any sense. But if you're making the Emperor the real villain, and then you have to have Rey and Kylo maybe team up to just defeat him. Right. Um, I think I'm also just very interested to see how they're going. Well, one, it's them, the the new crew, really being together for the first time. Because, you know, Rey and Finn have kind of, you know, interacted. But we haven't really seen Poe interact with ray all that much all that much yeah and then also having chewy and that shot of them kind of together in, in the millennium falcon uh yeah, lando and, and lando is amazing and then also just to see how they use the repurposed footage of of carrie fisher. carrie fisher um we only see her back with ray hugging her the c3po moment i wonder if it's gonna be like somebody in, online was like i'm um, gonna cry I'm going to be ugly crying yeah. for this stupid, stupid golden. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? He's been in every, he's the only character that's been in every single Star Wars movie, yeah. right? And I feel like C3PO will be one that probably, I, 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 my other theory with 3PO, with he's, he looks like he's connecting himself to um, the Millennium Falcon. I think it's going to be kind of, I think, packed it, in there, right? I think um, well, no with 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 uh, Phoebe Waller. Yes, so that's what I think. So I think that he's uploading himself. Yeah, so I think maybe something will happen with the with Phoebe Waller Bridges. Uh, uh, what was her character? I can't even name? remember. It's not K two S O because that's what. Damn his name you, Ron from. Howard. Yeah. Anyways, but Phoebe Waller Bridges' character from Solo who uploads her you know consciousness, I guess, to the Millennium Falcon, so it can you know have a navigation system. I believe I gotta rewatch Solo. Um, uh, I think three PO might do something like that because maybe the Falcon doesn't run anymore or something like that. Or um, right, or um, Lando just you know 
hates 3PO and needs to kill him. Well, no, reconnects <laughs> with, with... Oh, yeah, maybe. Because remember, there was oh, like that, yeah. that undiscussed, like, weird relationship Sexy with the... time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I am going... Are you going to try to rewatch all of the Star Wars movies beforehand or no? Uh, no, I'm going to wait for the 4Ks. Oh, nice. Um, for next year. I will do that again, but I'll... Re- yeah, I just... I, I think I'll wait until it's all done. I'll, I'll rewatch Last Jedi because... I really, really like that movie, and I've seen it now. Uh, <laughs> Boston's winning. Uh, we have the hockey game on in the background. So yeah. shout out for for Kyle, uh, my brother, who's a huge Boston fan. Yeah, fuck you, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> um, cut his hair. What a weirdo. Oh, I haven't seen him since he cut oh, his hair. It's I gotta weird. Get together. He looks good. I mean, yeah. like he looks. No, good he does. With I've seen hair, a photo of yeah. him, but yeah, it's different. Um, yeah, but anyways, fucking Star Wars. I love it. Yeah. No, I do too. I love it. Oh, maybe the goal's getting called off. Let's see. And no goal. No goal? Let's go, baby. Oh, the Babadook looks happy. Uh, the Babadook. Mike Babadook. Uh, all right. Uh, moving on to... Oh, my God. We have so much fucking news to get through. So the last episode that we recorded, we had barely any news. Now we have all the news. We sure do. Um, I, we're still making good time. So. Yeah, I mean, and we're Boston's only an hour 26 back, so. in. So. Uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> normal. We've uh, actually been not that bad for the last couple of episodes. Totally, yeah. I mean, some people love the two and a half hour episodes. I no. like falling asleep to them. The last couple, wasn't the last episode two and a half hours? No, no, the one that we recorded at your place? Yeah, no. like it was broken up into three parts. Really? I didn't think it was that long. I don't know. I'll look right now. Uh, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with Batman Matrix 4? Batman. Uh, yeah, Batman. <laughs> um, last week's episode was 2 hours, 29 minutes. <laughs> but still shorter compared uh, sure. to some of our yeah. other stuff. All right. Let's start with uh, the Batman. So uh, a bunch of news here. Um, we can start with that. Jonah Hill dropped out. Or not dropped out, officially. He was in the running for a villain role. He wanted that Joe Pesci money. He did. He wanted a lot of money, and I think they were eventually like, we can't pay you that much money to be a villain in this movie. Yeah, there's a great kind of um, thread and story. And I I was talking to you about this, that Warner Brothers wanted to avoid the same situation that they had with Jack Nicholson when he signed on for Batman 89 is that part of his deal to do the movie is that he would get a back end cut of the the merchandise and the box office of the movie. So he made a ton more and is still making money off of that, uh, that deal. So that Warner brothers didn't want a repeat of that to have like, you know, the, the villain, the actor playing the villain, make more money than one, the lead and more money than the studio in the long run. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so Jonah Hill drops out and then immediately after we get news that Paul Dano then signed on, who probably was the second choice for, um, the Riddler. So he signed on to be the Riddler, which I think is fucking perfect casting. Um, let me get through it all and then we'll talk about it. And then, um, then we get news that, uh, Zoe Kravitz signed. Well, that was before. So Zoe Kravitz was first. So anyways, uh, Zoe Kravitz signed on to be Catwoman in the film. Um, and then we got news that Michael Giacchino, no surprise to really anyone is going to be doing the score for the film. And, um, what am I missing? You Costume said, designer yeah. Jacqueline Duran will be uh, working on uh, the wardrobe. And I think that's all the the Batman news we got. Correct? Yes, so far. And that now the hunt is on for the Penguin. Right. And there were, um, in the one of the articles, I forget which outlet, uh, mentioned that Seth Rogen. Um, Seth Rogen potentially for the Penguin, which could be cool. Um, 
your thoughts on all of this? Um, I think Paul Dano is a really, really great choice. I love that everybody online, social media, and film Twitter were excited to see you know, or are excited to see Batman pummel Paul Dano because uh, yeah. at some point Paul Dano has to be beaten by somebody in a movie, and that makes sense with Edward uh, Nashton, or as he becomes Edward Nigma. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting about Zoe Kravitz? Is that when they were starting casting for that role or, or, or looking at, at actors for the part, is the person that they were kind of like looking for was Zoe Kravitz. Like they said, they're looking for a Zoe Kravitz type. So they ultimately went with Zoe Kravitz after having done uh, a number of uh, screen tests with uh, a bunch of different uh, actors. And I think it came down to four people, but ultimately they went with the person that they they were modeling the part after um i'm kind of, it's it's weird because zoe kravitz is one of those people that i'm not like for or against she's not like a big movie star per se she's popped up here and there and things that i've liked she's very good in um <laughs> it's funny the director's name is aaron katz uh an erotic thriller called gemini uh, with lola kirk that's a you know sleazy la based neo noir um, I would recommend that. Uh, it's a neon movie, so you know, gotta put in my my neon stamp of approval yeah. there. But it's actually really well done, kind of like again, like mid to late nineties esque erotic thriller Ooh, where she plays kind of yeah. like um, uh, this young starlet whose PR um, or or or, or uh, personal assistant played by Lola Kirk kind of get into a tumultuous relationship and something really horrible happens and it's like the ins and outs of of uh, the industry and the seedy side of things. John cool. Cho plays a detective in oh, it as well. Oh, that sounds cool. I should watch Yeah, that. yeah. I think you would, would like it or at least dig the kind of style and yeah. look that it's going with. Um, but then also, I mean, she was in X-Men First Class. And I have this weird hang-up where, like, actors that have already been in comic book movies. Especially just, cross universes. Yeah, and... but it's it's just like there's so many other people that haven't been in comic book films yet that you could maybe go for but i'm sure she'll be fine in the role and i believe in matt reeves and i believe that if he thinks it's great she'll be great and she does have an interesting presence so like i think it'll all work out and i mean like we were talking about like you know like chris evans going from fantastic four to captain america or michael, michael b jordan michael b jordan michael, and michael keaton, keaton and, yeah. and batman and, and spider-man or uh fantastic four again and uh black panther Willem so defoe and aquaman and maybe uh... less so that <laughs> in terms of memorable performances i know i know i know i know because i would say green goblin is more memorable than totally what he agree. does in, in i'm just in saying Aqu- but even nicole kidman like... right and right. batman forever sure. is chase We've, meridian keep, you could the list goes on right and on, right but it's so. becoming weird where it's like we are truly recycling through actors now where even in marvel movies they're using the same actor yeah again yeah like, like 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 Gemma chan right yeah. for the eternals having been already in in captain marvel but I, yeah i just i just want to see people that haven't done comic book movies kind of maybe enter that world well, like which is why it's cool with dano and and pat yeah and or like we even with like jake gyllenhaal when he was in in spider-man, Spider-Man right yeah. like 
it's just nice to see somebody bring something new to yeah. a performance or character that hasn't really done one of these movies before. So I do hope that with the rest of the casting, I mean, we still haven't gotten Alfred. We still haven't gotten uh, Matt Hatter, Firefly, uh, uh, Two-Face, which are all presumed to be a part of, of the movie. So it'll be interesting to see with the rest of the casting and how that comes and together. Go, but yeah. it is interesting. I mean, I like the joke that you sent me online that this is, you know, one Lucas Hedges away from, from an A-20. Twenty-four movie. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, yeah, and I have all the faith in Matt Reeves as well, and I love Michael Giacchino uh, um, as a composer. Um, so I'll be interested to see what themes he comes up with for Batman and an iconic score there. Even though he's getting, he's being used a lot in everything and a lot um, of comic book movies yeah. as well because he has what Doctor Strange Spider-Man, coming up, Spider Man. Uh, like he's done a lot of Marvel stuff, a lot of Pixar stuff. I mean, he worked on a lot of the yeah. Mission Impossible movies. And, and I get it for this because he always usually works with Matt Reeves. Yeah. but yeah, like again, like it would be nice to just see somebody else that has an interesting or unique take to kind of come in and do their own thing. Like the composer for, for Joker, I cannot pronounce her name, but like she brought a really interesting take on that score that sounded like nothing else you've, you've heard before in a comic book movie. Yeah, totally. So, uh, yeah, I'm jazzed about all of this and, um, jazz hands. Uh, I like Jonah Hill, but I think Paul Dano's way better casting for right. something like that uh, for the Riddler. And um, although Paul Dano with his uh, foghorn leghorn uh, uh, accent in the Beach Bum would have been amazing if he used that in, <laughs> yeah. like, as the Penguin or oh, Riddler. Oh god, that'd be great. Um, I saw Paul Dano a lot when I went to the New York Film Festival. <laughs> right? Did well, I tell you this? Sense. Yeah, way back six years ago, and um, he had a cane. And he was walking around. I'm like, is he hurt or does he just want this cane? Or is he getting like, into a role or something? Um, yeah, I don't know. But he just kept walking around with this cane. And I was like, all right, man. I mean, that's awesome. So. I still always think about or I always laugh when I think about it. Uh, the scene in Okja where he's dressed as the bellhop. Yeah. And uh, the girl the girl sneaks into the, the room and it's like, it's me. And he has to take <laughs> off his glasses. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, God. That, yeah, that scene killed me when I rewatched it uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh man, yeah, I'm excited for the Batman. I um I after Joker and, and DC kind of turning a a corner a little bit. Well, and, them trying um, to do their own thing yeah. now, right? Like for each movie, like it's not necessarily thinking, oh, we have to compete with Marvel and creating a cinematic universe. We can just kind of do a one-off, or if it connects within, you know, the world that we've created for the character, for that like character, the Batman, yeah. which they are, I think is planning to do a trilogy then that makes sense right don't try to force something that doesn't need to be Mm -hmm. done or at least you know actually work up to it in a a more realistic way where like i think they'll be doing that with you know shazan and black adam a little bit more which i mean i know we didn't like the movie but at least it makes sense to have you know dueling movies that will eventually meet up into one sort of event film totally agree and like i'm i i can't wait to see what we get from wonder woman 1984 and which the trailer is supposed to premiere in december yeah and excited for that and i mean as much as we didn't love the birds of prey trailer i'm still cautiously optimistic that they're doing something at least a little different and, and why I'm cautiously optimistic for that movie. And you know what? Uh, fuck Jared Leto. Yeah. Fuck that guy. We won't even go into like his nonsense, but um, with birds of prey, I feel like with suicide squad, they tried to take a movie. David Ayer tried to make a dark gritty suicide squad movie. And then they 
in post wanted to make it fun, right? Right. And then... And I think that's also kind of to do with Guardians of the Galaxy. It was. And And now now they have James Gunn (laughs) directing the Suicide Squad. So it should hopefully be fun from the beginning. And same with Birds of Prey and have a female filmmaker come in. And, like, it gives me... DC noticed what wrong kind of turns they made and they're trying to kind of correct that ship. And I think they're doing a pretty good job at like going, all right, you know what? We'll let people like James Gunn's even talked about when he, he, when they convinced him to come over to do suicide squad, they were basically like, you can do whatever you want. You can have whatever you want. Right. And (laughs) as Eric eats another talkie. So, um, and I think that's good. Giving filmmakers freedom to play in these worlds gives us better or more interesting movies, at least, right? Because when you and and we we even we have even said the same thing about Marvels and and think what you want about them, Scorsese or Francis Ford Coppola, or, Ken Loach. I'll still like Coppola's wine though. Excellent wine. Um, he is truly like. <laughs> there are things about Scorsese's opinions that, yeah, you can argue with and what have you, but I think they were more sincere than what Coppola's yeah. were. Like, Coppola really, truly felt like he was just piling on oh, yeah. and, like, I have to get my two cents in. It's, uh, like, it's whatever. Who cares? Yeah. But, uh, again, I just feel like when you give filmmakers more freedom, I feel like these movies can be more like actual movies. using Pure cinema. Quotes. Like, they can be cinema if you actually give filmmakers the freedom to actually make something, right? Where if they do feel like they're just from a, you know, a production line just to try and make money, then it, then they do become theme park rides. and Or product. And I think product, just, like, yeah. product is it's the word It's all product. Always... Even a fucking art house movie still wants to fucking make money. But Right. Like... Well, even the way that a movie is marketed, right? Yeah. Like, you're selling the idea of a film more so the mo- than the movie itself. In some cases, oh, I think the uh, Boston. Oh, yeah, yeah. they just scored. Oh, yeah, they did. got a goal. Cool. Uh, yeah, and and so you know, like you have to think like there is a business aspect to all films, whether they be big studio tent poles or yeah. very small indie art house movies that will be seen by twenty people. And we talked about Parasite earlier, and I think that does a really great job of balancing both but, of those. Yeah, things, and it's right? nice where where something like Parasite does cross over because I will say in the defense of the indie art house cinema. And I'm not trying to slam Marvel movies or what have you, but like you look at something like okay, Martin Scorsese fans or like fans of of Marvel movies, I wonder who would be more willing to budge and go and see the opposite film, right? Like I think right. more people on the Scorsese side would be willing to go and see a Marvel movie if it had you know a, a certain director or what have you. But there's a lot of you know comic book fans and not all but nobody saw like kundun right like nobody's gonna go and see that or silence and i think that's a fair argument where like you know you have these really thoughtful introspective movies about religion and culture and where you see yourself in the world that nobody sees but then when you go and make a big studio movie not just a comic book film but just like a big you know franchise starter or something that has you know, sequel number seven, like mm-hmm. Rambo or something like that, that more people will be more comfortable with seeing that instead of taking a risk yeah. and actually going to see something that might challenge I them. mean, we just see that at the box office every week. Yeah. Right? So, so again, like something like Parasite, you know, actually having that crossover appeal is really exciting because like it feels like... Then we this might get once more movies a, like Parasite. Yeah, and it's once in a blue moon because it doesn't happen every year. Yeah. Just please don't remake it in English. Unless Bong Joon-ho wants to do it right. in English. Then let him do that. <laughs> or Parasite um, 2. Yeah, I could just see him. Like, I feel like 
so we keep talking about Parasite instead of talking about the news. Well, because it's so goddamn good. Um, and I had this conversation with Jordan at work because um, uh, he was worried, too. He's like, oh, they're going to fucking remake this in English, aren't they? But you know and, what, though? They, they option the rights for it. And then when the movie kind of plays it, it has its moment in the sun and then it kind of dies out. Like, I remember the same exact thing happened with The Lives of Others, uh, mm-hmm. the East uh, European uh, post-World War Two. Iron Curtain Stotzi movie where after it won the Oscar the rights were optioned and Leonardo DiCaprio was going to play you know the lead character in that and then it just kind of died off soon yeah. afterwards which is happening with um what's it called the German movie I hated um the the, German movie. the old dude with the teeth that Jack Nicholson was going to do with the oh Christmas Tony movie. Erdman yeah, yeah see exactly that like kinda... that never ha- like it didn't happen so right. again like but we are getting the Force Majeure remake with Will Ferrell and, and Julia Louis Dreyfus coming out right. next year so like it's downhill and, and then something like uh, Gloria Bell when you have the same filmmaker re- or Michael Haneke doing Funny Games or something like that where you have the same filmmaker just kind of doing their movie in English yeah. That's kind of interesting to me a little bit. Depending on what the filmmaker's intent is. Like Michael Haneke's intent with that was like a specific exercise and sort of seeing if you could endure this movie in English. Where I feel Sebastian Lilio was trying for for Gloria Bell was trying to get people to to see the story (laughs) that he had written in a wider way. And that's what I mean. I think there's different ways to do it. In an accessible way. And Parasite we've already talked about. It's transcended that and lots of people will go see it yeah but it'll so still if the be, movie transcends it doesn't mean that it, it'll it be remade it. right but i still feel like it'll make good money for that type of movie i yeah. still feel like that won't be a ton of money right? right and many people still won't go see that so it's the same thing i say weirdly a weird comparison but about video games lately when i talk about the last of us and th- things like that why i want those movies or those video games to get made into movies because I, I feel like certain games are starting to get great stories where someone like yourself just doesn't play games no. right so you w- don't really you never got to see the story of the unless last it's of watching us. saw yeah. i don't play games <laughs> yeah so i don't know like a parasite remake uh the only way I would want it is if Bong Joon-ho was just like, you know what? I'm not letting anyone else do it. I will do it because I can do an English language film very well right? Um, and, and do his own movie again. But And I'd be curious to see how that would play. But um, I, I Whatever actually, Bong wants, Bong gets. Oh, he should. Uh, all right. Let's move into – let's do all the Matrix 4 news uh, at the Yawn. same time. Which we, <laughs> we, we probably don't have much to say about it, but um, there was – a few big things to come out in the last week. I might even be missing one from here. Yeah, I am missing. Doogie Howser? I'm missing what's his name from Watchmen and um, and Aquaman. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. Um, I can't. I got to get his yeah, name. You so gotta, let's go through these and then I'll get through. Yeah. Uh, get to his name. Uh, so uh, a couple pieces of Matrix 4 news. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris has joined Doogie the cast Hazard. in a uh, unknown role as Neil Patrick um, Harris. So we It's actually know. connected to the Harold and Kumar universe. Um some people are thinking it might be like an Agent Smith type character. Uh but or uh, the architect just, or something like that. Speculation. Whatever um, it's going to be, will he be having a Raven Zion? Yeah. Um Jada Pinkett Smith is coming back as uh, Niobe, yeah. right? Um, in Matrix Four, and then I have to get his name because I wasn't well, there. Also, um, uh, Jessica, uh, yes, Winnick, yes. Uh, let me. I have. She's that from piece the 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 now canceled or or uh, what, what what's the word that they call uh, Jessica Henwick? I from Matrix yeah. Four from Iron Fist. Fist yeah. 
Um, yeah, so there's tons of news on there. And then Debunked uh, or she's something? supposed to be the lead, the Neo type character, like the, the new Neo, Lady Neo. That's the um, character's name? I don't know. <laughs> Lady uh, Neo. Y- Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. Yeah, who, um, um, if people don't know, he's had a lot of small supporting roles in movies like Baywatch. He was the police officer that right. gave uh, Dwayne Johnson a hard time. He's the dad in the beginning of Us. Um, as you mentioned, he's in the new Watchmen he's series. He's excellent in Watchmen, yeah. Um, Playing the he's dad He's also going to be the lead in the Jordan Peele-produced uh, sequel, I think they're calling it, or, or new version of Candyman. So he's blowing up. He's great, too. Yeah. Very handsome motherfucker. Oh, and Aquaman. Yeah, Aquaman. As Black, yeah. As, uh, Black Mantis. Uh, Black Mantis, yeah. yeah. And um, he's excellent in He's Watchmen. got charisma. And, he's, yeah, he's got he's something. A, he's a sexy man. Um Sexy man. Uh, so yeah, tons of. That's his character name, actually. So in the movie, this is ramping up very quickly for a movie we didn't even know existed until like a month ago. So it seems like they're getting ready to like almost fucking shoot this thing, right? <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, I, I'm sure. Like maybe you know they've been working on it now for a while, so maybe it's just a matter. Like once you hear casting happening and when it kind of really starts to trickle in, that usually means that they are good to go, or they might even be actually already in pre-production in terms of like shooting some stuff because i remember with cloud atlas they did some uh the the what the wachowski uh sisters um for for cloud atlas actually did some pre-pre-production where they were shooting like mock scenes to kind of show some of the actors how the movie was going to come together and the people that they used i remember there's a video clip and some stills of jesse ventura dressed up as like an alien with a cyclops eye and it's sweet it's bizarre yeah um but like yeah so like maybe you know that they've already started working on it so yeah it it seems that way so um a movie that both of us are just kind of it's of its time like i don't mind the first i like the matrix but like there's a lot of things that you can tell are of the late 90s and also i think some of the special effects in that movie do not hold up like the stuff with the mouth and and the bug inside the belly button and yeah um the the best sequence in that film is uh after the cat deja vu scene where they all hide in between the walls yeah. that sequence is amazing yeah that really does hold up and i think the cinematography still looks really nice when i watched it but um some of the costumes and the effects like yeah said, again late 90s yeah so um yeah crazy that we're getting matrix 4 and that uh the cast and, I, is- and i think those sequels also kind of left a bad taste in my mouth just in terms of like yeah. i remember being so excited for them and then watching them and kind of was like i haven't seen them since same theaters. with me because i was just so disappointed yeah. with them and just being like well that was you a have waste the 4ks right yeah. uh no only the first oh. one oh, i really? refuse <laughs> refuse that's so to funny. buy two and three that's so funny i i bought the trilogy on itunes so i i feel like i will like i really do have like a a bad taste in my mouth from those two movies except for well. pod remember they came out months apart yeah because like, one I, was the summer and then one was november yeah. uh, reloaded and revolutions oh, that, before and then pod time. it was full of pod <laughs> yeah, i gotta rewatch them it's gonna be wild uh where do you want to go next you want to stick to some Disney stuff? Do you want to go through some of the smaller stuff? Yeah, let's go through... What what do you have on the list? Let's just go down. What the hell? Uh, The Mandalorian episode release schedule uh, dropped. So we are weeks away from Disney+. Plus. 
um, 20 days or something like that. Uh, Apple TV Plus launches on November 1st as well. I watched all those trailers. Right. Every it's single It's like The show. Ring, but instead of Samara um, coming out to haunt you, no, Mickey Mouse will come out of your screen and dying? kill you. My phone. Oh, there it went. For some reason, it crapped out for a second. Um, so the release schedule for Mandalorian, it is going weekly, which I think is awesome, which it right. looks like um, mostly all Disney So it won't Plus be all stuff. spoiled in like 24 hours yeah, online. Yeah, which is great. And everyone will be on the same episode, right? So yeah. each week on the podcast, we can talk about it instead of just being like, oh, Eric, where are you? And you're like, I'm on episode seven. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm only on episode three. Yeah, I watched um, all of Stranger Things in, in one yeah. day because I have no life or anything <laughs> yeah. else to do. I like God, that everyone will be on the same schedule. So we're getting two episodes in the first week. Week. So we're getting November 12th and November 15th, and then then it's weekly up until uh, December 18th, which is right before the release of Rise of Skywalker, and then we have to wait an, an extra week until December 27th for the And finale. does it say how long each episode is? No, eight episodes. They don't uh, reveal the run times, but um, it'll... Pr- I'm assuming they'll be around an hour, but right. it could probably vary between, you know, like 50 minutes to to uh 70 minutes maybe um depending on the episode so and then the news you said earlier um which i don't have here but um a couple pieces of news for season two of the mandalorian john favreau um is actually going to be directing some of the second season which he did not do for the first season because he was busy with post-production on lion king i believe uh Um, lion royale yeah the the leroy lion or whatever the hell what's it say (laughs) I don't even want to look Uh, at it. (laughs) And then uh, Carl Weathers is going to be directing an episode, which is really cool. So, and we'll see who comes back. I think he's directing two. Yeah, probably. Uh, And Favreau will direct a couple. And then I'm sure um, Dave Filoni will probably get Werner Herzog in there, man. Yeah. I mean, he'll probably die, but I'm assuming. Oh, I thought you meant like Werner Herzog would die. I was like, oh my God, his character. It's brutal. No, no, no. His character. Um,. Give me a David Lynch Star Wars movie. We already got well, that. With you. That almost happened with Return of the Jedi. Yeah, right. That is true. That's probably what I'm. Why I made that George Lucas's top two choices Imagine? were David Cronenberg yeah. and David Lynch. That's so weird. That yeah. would have been cool. Uh, anyways, I'm very excited for Mandalorian. First reactions came out for that too, but um, people were overwhelmingly positive. But of course they were. Um, a piece of shitty news that we wanted to mention. There's not a lot to talk about here, but we wanted to send our well wishes. Uh, John Cho got injured pretty badly during the filming of the Cowboy Bebop series for Netflix. Well, it wasn't even the filming. It was like um, pre-production. Yeah, like he like was stunt was, coordination yeah. or something like that. So it, he seems like he fucked up his either his knee or his legs uh, uh, pretty badly. Maybe he tore a ACL, MCL. But like one of those things where the recovery is going to be almost an entire year. Yeah. Um, and he wouldn't be able to get back into the production until at least the spring or summer yeah, of 2020. Which is pretty brutal. But Netflix is putting the film or the series on hold until then which is they could have easily recast because that's a long time to kind of put everything on hold you probably have sets built you have all your crew out there yeah because what are they going to do in the meantime yeah you'll probably lose a lot of those people right like they'll have to go find other jobs and and i'm sure there's some insurance for some of that stuff but like 
Um, so anyways, best wishes to John Cho. I know he's listening, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, but no, I really like John Cho and I'm excited for the Cowboy Bebop series. So, right. um, well, it yeah. also shows how much faith they have in that performance, right? Yeah. Like he is like a, an important part of, of what they're creating with this version of the show. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't seen searching yet, his performance is very good in that. Very good. You guys should watch searching. Uh, Sam Raimi, 10 years, but oh, he's coming yeah. back or, or is he, I hope this happens. Uh, but Sam Raimi and Columbia um, are going to be making a new horror movie that is described as Misery Meets Castaway. From the writers um, of Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah, that doesn't excite me. Saddle but. up, baby! <laughs> um, actually, Freddy vs. Jason is sort of fun. But, um, yeah, I'm just glad to see Raimi have another project, you know? And another like, horror movie. Yeah. Because the last film that he did was Oz the Great and Powerful Ooh. as a director. Yeah. Put him and in then, director's jail, kind of, right? No, it made a lot of money. It did well. <laughs> I know, but the movie wasn't very good. No, I know. But that doesn't... Like, if a movie isn't critically I think it was more well his regarded. Choice, yeah. yeah. And he's a, he's one of those guys that's always talked about being a family person first. And right. that, like, if a project interests him, he'll do it. But also, like, he but wants But if his to... heart's not there, then he'd yeah. rather spend Yeah, and time. he's weird as well. Like, he always wears suits on yeah. sets everywhere he it's goes. like Nolan. Nolan does that, too. Yeah. Right? So maybe Nolan's been stealing the Raimi thunder there a little <laughs> bit. Um but it's also exciting because the last horror movie he did, which is the very underrated Drag, Drag Me, Me to, to Hell, Hell, which was back in 2009. Which Fantastic ten, movie. Ten years old, that movie, and now available on uh, uh, Blu-ray through Scream Factory in a special edition, which is fantastic is if it? you haven't yeah. seen it. Um, what I know we've talked about it before, but one of the best jump scenes in oh the movie God. that gets I'm still you, afraid to rewatch that movie for that, for that jump scene. Yeah. And it comes in a way that it's like you are not ready for it because like it's during a scene of exposition and you're just like, yeah, what, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it just comes out of nowhere. I remember shitting my pants <laughs> watching that. And, the and Sam Raimi's like, just great. I oh, mean, yeah, he's a good dude. And like, and, and yeah, he is great. And it's exciting to hear him. Um, actually have something yeah on the go so very very excited and, for e- that. and the evil dead movies as well um evil dead and evil dead 2 are available on 4k uh if you haven't seen those yet and also army of darkness also has a great uh scream factory collector's edition to check out too and did you ever watch any of the ash versus the evil dead show? yes uh a couple uh seasons actually he didn't and... direct any of that right no he directed the first two oh episodes. he did okay. yeah and he cool. kind of said so that's it the up. last thing he's done yeah, yeah. Um, and Samara Weaving's in a, in a couple episodes oh, cool. is like this kind of like crazy hitchhiker. Yeah. And she's really good in that. So is it good? Yeah. I mean, I liked it. I didn't watch the last season, but the stuff that I did watch, I actually really enjoyed. And it felt like they were doing things with Bruce Campbell's Ash that kind of made sense. And it was a still funny and slapsticky in that kind of three stooges kind of way that Raimi's always been inspired by. But at the same time, it kind of brought a scariness and a grossness to the series. And like, it made sense because it's very still cultish and that like, it only had a small fan base, Mm -hmm. but it really went all out. Like it was gory and gross and weird. And, um, it was fun. Cool. Yeah. Um, Zemeckis is in talks to direct, uh, Disney's live action, Pinocchio movie. This is the one where Tom Hanks was rumored to play Geppetto. Yeah. Um, we talked about Lion King earlier on the show. Um, 
I mean, this will probably be theatrical, not Disney Plus, but um, especially if you have someone like Tom Hanks in there too. I don't know if he's still even um, attached or even thinking about it. No, but, he's he's too um, busy eating gelato instead, yeah. which is better, <laughs> a better decision. Uh, but also, I mean, Zemeckis right now is finishing post production on um, his his version of Roald Dahl's uh, The Witches. Yeah. So that's a Warner Brothers movie that'll be out, I think, next year, depending on how the post production is, because I think it is CGI heavy. But man, I I talked to you about this not too long ago after seeing Welcome to Marwin. I'm just you're done. <sighs> sorry, sorry. I, know, I love the guy. I do like, too. I, I mean, he's made some of my favorite childhood movies, and like the announcement of the 4K version of of the Back to the Future trilogy for for 2020 is really exciting. But it's like there's a point in his career, like Tim Burton, where they just kind of completely lost me. And the thing, yeah. like you know, someone like Ang Lee, is that the technology that he's kind of fallen in love with or obsesses over is not interesting yeah and is ugly looking and like what you saw in welcome to marwin was terrible I never, and i never even the bothered. movie was kind of gross and it's yeah. sort of depiction of mental illness and um sexism and misogyny like it was just like what are you doing his last few movies have just been brutal for he me. hasn't like, made a good walk film is since terrible. castaway speaking of tom <laughs> hanks yeah that's what i mean right so which is back in 2000 and that's why i think hanks might still be involved Maybe well tom hanks like, is a nice guy and, yeah, he, and he's he probably liked working Marcus, it, so, yeah. yeah so i could see that happening but and, then i can um, also see robert or, or guillermo del toro being like fuck because he's doing he was the, trying to do his netflix, netflix pinocchio yeah um I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would say Castaway is probably the last uh, good Zemeckis movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, some people like Polar Express, and it's okay. But every time I go back dad to it, loves Polar. It's the Express. hot chocolate scene, baby. Dude, I don't know Talking why. Tom Hanks. My parents and my parents like. Fucking love Polar Same. Express. My my mom like, thinks it's amazing. Yeah, and, and, and there, it's not awful, but I think again the motion capture yeah. of the time just every every time i watch it it just looks uglier and uglier and the characters look dead inside like the the the, the facial expressions are terrible um the aerosmith singing sequence is ridiculous um but yeah there is something about it that connects to you know like our parents generation for some it's weird so reason so weird and i it wasn't even like they were like it's well, not maybe even it's like the, maybe it's the children's book maybe but like i remember not even really liking it when it came out and no um, i like the kids book i remember like as a kid reading that and like yeah. where the wild things are and things like that were like i i but while, where the wild things are the the movie version is great um you but, know i've never seen that and well, i don't know why get the fuck I, I own it and i've always wanted to but it always made me sad when i started watching it i think i got really high once when i was younger like when it close to when it came out right and then i started watching it and i'm like this is real depressing when i'm well it is i mean like, it's kind of a kid grappling with you know not being as much of an asshole and not having his father around anymore. which i do want to watch yeah. it sounds excellent i love spike jones i just never actually ended up watching it's it. weird it's one of the movies that spike jones has done that kind of gets forgotten about yeah you know between the adaptations and being john malkovich's and her like it's just the it's the one weird kind of outlier because it's based on you know maurice sendak's kids book and and, yeah. and it's the one kind of like adaptation of his right so um Naomi Harris is in talks to play the villain, well, one of the villains, I guess, in Venom 2. Yeah. Named, I keep reading it as Shrek, but it is Shriek. <laughs> um, 
So, uh... I, I gotta say something here. <laughs> Naomi Harris, amazing. Yeah. Why? I don't know if Why? it's her or if it's her agent, but she... One of the two has shitty taste because, like, seeing that trailer for, for Black and Blue where yeah. she's, like, the cop on the run and, like... This small, underdeveloped neighborhood. I can like, see why she would like on paper. Maybe that movie sounded like right. Like well, a she's good thing. worked with with Andy Serkis previously on the uh, the Ian uh, uh, Durney, I think, mm-hmm. uh, biopic. Okay. Um, and so, like, maybe I could see her being like, "Okay, I'll 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 do this with you," and and maybe the role is good, and maybe in Venom too. In Venom too, yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I was talking about in Black and Blue. Maybe she saw like, oh, the concept or something of that movie maybe sounded. Yeah, well, I'm talking about even Venom too, where maybe the yeah. script is a little bit better. Like, right. But I mean, again, is like it Michelle, the same guys coming back to write it. I think so. Um, Warnick and yeah. and and, and Reese. Uh, Reese, yeah. But it's weird because Michelle uh, Williams was very much the same way where it's like it wasn't really the script that interests her and she was very honest the two things that she liked was the money yeah and working with tom hardy yeah so i could see it being very similar but you look again like so williams is coming back hardy obviously um woody harrelson now naomi harris this is an amazing cast and it's like don't fuck this up again. <laughs> I hope. I mean, you can't really. We need get... to go and see it in, in New York again. Sure. <laughs> Great. Let's go all the way to New York. I only see Spider-Man movies at fucking Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn because I saw Spider-Verse there as well. Um, dressing up as Peter get B. Get that Parma Halloween. Uh, popcorn again. Oh, fuck. It's so good, dude. Nevis and I crushed a whole bowl of that. Um uh, were we did we each order our own when we went? No, we, we no. You no. ordered that. I ordered yeah. a milkshake. I had your wings, wings were very good, right? Yeah, their yeah. food is like not great because the breakfast tacos Nevis and I got. She will not stop talking about how bad they were, right. and I thought they were just tasted like their nothing. concession stand food is great. Their like actual menu items, cocktails, are, I'm sure, are great. Yeah. But like the milkshake was good. Yeah, but their food something left to be desired at least when we went and um i've heard that the texas locations are much better right um but that truffle parmesan popcorn is unbelievable anyways we barely talked about venom too i don't really know much about shriek um we'll see i have very little interest in venom too but it's got to win you over this one has to like do double time on 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 getting you back into the Venom game. Yeah. Uh, this was one of the weirdest, most random pieces of news this week. Uh, a live-action Barney movie is coming from producer Daniel Kaluuya. Academy Award nominee Daniel Kaluuya. I don't get it. Um, yeah. Uh, is Kaluuya going to play Barney? Is he going to be in the movie? I don't know. Um, I don't really know much else uh, other than that. Uh, I'm maybe he ha- has a f- maybe when he was a kid he just loved Barney. Right. So I mean, there um, there seems to be this resurgence as of late with a lot of kids TV programming. I mean, there's also a Sesame Street movie in the works with Bo Burnham writing the music. I yeah, think. the music. Um, yeah. and sounds I great. Anne Hathaway in the lead. I mean, there was there was one in the in the late seventies, early eighties um catch that bird um but it seems like now you're getting those being rehashed as well for a new generation of kids yeah so you know this kind of i guess makes sense because there was a 
a, a Barney movie in the nineties. Oh yeah, so I love. I was obsessed with Barney as a kid. Yeah, Bar- Yeah, I liked Barney as well. Although, like Barney, there, Barney and uh, Polka Dot Door. Oh, Pokeroo. Pokeroo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pokeroo is great. Big Comfy Couch yeah. was another one that I, I loved. Uh, Lamb Chops play along. Yes, Lamb Chops uh, was a big one. Was great. Sharon Lois and Bram. Bram. Yeah. yeah great stuff uh, i don't know if these were just canadian things some of them some were. of them were like uh mr dress up was, was pokeroo canadian. i think was also pokeroo was TVO, tvo yeah yeah and mr dress up for those it, it was basically a, the canadian uh, mr rogers yes exactly yeah um yeah i don't know what the hell to think of this um maybe he just was a huge fan of barney and wanted to produce the movie right so. there was somebody made a joke about like the barney rhyme it's like I love you, you love me, please give me the keys. <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> um, we're getting, uh, we're finally getting Wendy, which is Ben, uh, ben Zeitlin? Ben Zeitlin. Ben Zeitlin's uh, next film. You guys would know him as the director of Beasts of the Southern Wild. And nothing else. Uh, Fox Searchlight is releasing Wendy in February of next year. Yes. Um, do you know much about Wendy? Yeah, or? I mean, like, I, I, I only know from this press release and what he was talking about when he was working on it post Beasts of the Southern Wild, where it almost actually sounded like something that Richard Linklater would would do kind of with that like age kind of gimmick where you know you shoot over a period of years so you have your cast age on screen because what the story is is basically his version of Peter Pan but he was talking about it more where like the characters in this kind of universe can step on different parts of the like the playing field or the field that they're on and they go from kid to adult in one kind of like movement and it's about the environment and stuff like that. And he said that he'd been working on it now for eight years, eight or nine years, but even before beasts of the Southern wild, like he kind of had the idea for it. Did he get a best director nomination? He did. It was kind of, again, going back to the Spike Jones thing, it was kind of like the surprise Spike Jones nomination for being John Malkovich when Jones was nominated for that where Ben Zeitlin was the guy that edged out um, Ben Affleck for Argo and Catherine Bigelow for right, Zero Dark right, Thirty right. in 2012. And because Ben Zeitlin and Michael Haneke for Amour were the guys that kind of upset the director's nominations that year. Yeah, that's wild. Um, I'm excited for that. I, I mean, I, I am as well. I think it'll be a Sundance film if it, if yeah. it plays anywhere. But it is interesting that we haven't gotten a trailer yet. And you think that with Jojo Rabbit being released in the U.S. already and coming to Canada this week, that Fox is that Search the last Light... Searchlight thing of the year? No, A Hidden Life. A Hidden Life is the last. So thing. I mean, we'll probably get it with that if we don't get it. Yeah, um, sooner. Um, Tony Gilroy. Um, has joined the Cassian Andor series at Disney Plus. So. Did you move those on purpose? No, go grab them if you All want. Right. You left them there, I think, when you walked over there to oh, eat them. Well, I'm an idiot. Um, and I just had some as I walked away. <laughs> These things are really good. <laughs> they are. That's our. We haven't eaten dinner, so we're just eating this bag of Takis. Um, Tony Gilroy, who stepped in to write and uh, direct the reshoots of Rogue One, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, did a rewrite of the script and came in to kind of fix the movie up after... They weren't happy with Gareth Evans' um, uh, cut of the film. Um, so now, and I mean, recently he's talked about how it wasn't a great experience. No, and that he single handedly saved the production. Yeah. There's a podcast that I listened to, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's from, it's one of the two creators of the show Billions. 
Okay. And he had him on it's the Paul sh- Giamatti. <laughs> no, not Paul. It's like one of the showrunners, yeah, one know. of the writers. And he had him on his show, and Tony Gilroy was saying, like, all the stuff with, like, Darth Vader wasn't in it, and that yeah. the third act had, like, so many problems, and Tony Gilroy wasn't even a Star Wars fan, that he was looking at it more as From, just uh, a war movie. Yeah. And so, like, he rewrote the script and was told to put in all, like, this, like, war iconography, but to make sure to include, like, specific Star Wars characters' names. And he really did not have anything kind to say about the experience, but he said that it worked for him in that he got his next movie that he was writing. He didn't direct it. Brad Anderson did uh, Beirut with John Hamm uh, funded because of it. So, yeah. Um, and Gilroy hasn't directed a lot recently. Like Michael Clayton, great. Um, Duplicity mixed, but I would like to revisit it at some point. And then the Born uh, Ultimatum Legacy. Oh yeah, sorry. Was it Legacy he yeah, directed with uh, yeah. Jeremy Renner? Oh, that's the, the one guy who directed? sells stuff on Amazon. Oh god. Um, so he's coming on to write the pilot as well as direct a few episodes, um, and he will help shape the series with. Stephen Schiff, who is the actual showrunner of the show. Right. Um, so that's very interesting after doing that. But I, I mean... Money, baby. They must have liked how he came in to kind of fix things. So um, it, it's fascinating that they're bringing him um, back to work on this series. The Cassian Andor series is the one where both, I think, you and I are sort of on the same page out of all of the Disney Plus shows that they've announced. It it doesn't seem like one that's, like, high on our list of, like... No, and especially with that character. I liked Rogue One, but... I I did as well, but the more I get away from it, the more I forget about it. But if you were going to take any of those characters from Rogue One, Jyn Erso, like, Felicity Jones is the character you go with. Like, that's the most interesting aspect of, yeah. of the story. I guess because it was her story that it's like it's already been told. But... So, and we don't know much about this guy. We know he was like a spy and things like that. Yeah. And it's supposed to be a spy show, right? Yeah, and so... that ethically and morally he's not completely, you yeah. know... A, a good or bad, really. Good or bad. Like yeah. he kills the one guy. Dan- yeah. Daniel Mays' character at the yeah, right at the beginning. Of, uh, yeah. Rogue One, yeah. Which I always forget about and I watch that movie. I'm like, he just straight up murked that guy. Yeah. He was, that guy did nothing wrong. Oh, I know. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean... Good for him. <laughs> oh, it's one to one right now. Second. Oh, the least scored. Nice. I missed it. Um, all right. A few more things. Uh, David Fincher is making a film, and he is casting. He's people. on the Mank, baby. Uh, yeah. So uh, Mank is moving into production probably pretty soon, and he just cast Amanda Seyfried and Lily Collins. Well, there's film. more than that too. There's um, um, one of the most interesting pieces of casting is Charles Dance. Right, which I think was before, but we might have just skipped it over. No, it was all announced at once. Oh, was it? Sorry, my bad. So Charles Dance, if you're unfamiliar, was in uh, Fincher's first movie, Alien 3. Oh, cool, yeah. He gets killed. He's the doctor that gets killed 20 minutes into the movie, Janet Lee style. Um, But yeah, like it's what what this movie is looking like is, again, a kind of behind-the-scenes... Sorry. (laughs) Boston just scored a goal. uh, Behind-the-scenes making of... Um, of Citizen Kane with Herman Mankiewicz being played by Gary Oldman, shot in black and white. Yeah. Um, the cast was, you, you already mentioned Amanda Seyfried, um, uh, Lily Collins, uh, Tuppence uh, Middleton, who was in Clifton Hill, was the lead in that. Uh, and then Tom Burke, 
who is in uh, Joanna Hogg's The Souvenir, which is one of the best movies of the year, if you have not seen that yet, is playing Orson Welles, which I think is perfect casting. Right. Yeah. I, okay. So I did miss some of that. I just saw this piece of news. So, yeah. I mean, I, I'll be excited for any new Fincher movie. I don't know if the subject matter of this really. Like, right. Well, they did um, do a biopic, a TV HBO movie back in the early 2000s that was very similar but was from the point of view of young Orson Welles that was um it was RKO something or other and it was Liev Schreiber as Orson the story Welles of Randy Orton yeah <laughs> um the studio yeah, the, I, know, yeah I know I know I got it. <laughs> um and so it was sort of Orson Welles kind of um having to battle um what's his name uh Randolph Hearst Randy uh, Orton Yes, and sort of that the joke of it, or the the reason behind the naming of Rosebud the sled, was a jab at Hurst because Hurst named his girlfriend's genitals Rosebud. Fun. Who's being played by in the movie in in Mank, Amanda Seyfried. Cool. All right. Uh, Fun bit of history. Love Fincher. Uh, curious to see how this will. Uh, play and it was out. written by his his father. Yes, it was. Yes, as well. Yeah. Um, two more pieces of news. Uh, Samara Weaving is joining Henry Golding in uh, the GI Joe spinoff Snake Eyes. Not to be confused with Brian De Palma's Snake Eyes. No. Which you haven't seen that yet, have you? No. Dude, you should right? Which is Nick Cage. Yeah, like this is another wild at heart situation. Yeah, where, like dude, this I, is a movie you need to see. I know, I know. Snake Eyes. Yeah. Well, I'll bookmark it after this. Um, I mean, I, don't, I love Samara Weaving. I mean, I, th- I thought she was great in Ready or Not. She's a movie um, star in the making. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I know she'll keep popping up in bigger and bigger things. And I think she was cast in something else recently, too. Yeah, it was she? a Netflix series, yeah. I think, by Ryan um, Murphy. Yes, I think so. Um, And I like Henry Golding a lot, too. Um, But Snake Eyes doesn't really do anything for me. I was never big on G.I. Joe as a kid, even. Um, So it's just not one of those things where even from a nostalgic standpoint, I'm like, okay, I don't know if this will be any good, but I I had these nostalgic feelings for it as a kid. Right. Yeah. I mean, Sergeant Slaughter, right. Well, yeah. Being a part of GI Joe. I liked it to a certain degree. I liked the, um, the GI Joe movie and, and, and the series to a certain extent. I always remember kind of being afraid of, of, of Cobra Kai. Not Cobra Kai, oh that's from Dude. the fucking Karate Kid. <laughs> You're losing I'm, it today. Well, it's because I'm watching the TV and watching the monitor <laughs> oh, okay. as we're excuses, recording. Excuses. But also I'm Cobra Commander. Ex- Commander. Yeah. But the voice. Yeah. That voice scared the shit out of me as yeah. a kid. Yeah. I yeah. I do I don't re- remember that all that much. I just remember the G.I. Joe movies with Channing Tatum. Yeah. And The Rock and Bruce Willis. And uh How'd that Joseph Gordon Levitt, remember? Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, what's he up to? He's gonna be in the uh, the new Aaron Sorkin movie, The Trial of the Chicago right, Seven. He is okay. All right, I thought he was doing hit record Joe stuff. Uh, and uh, you spoke about the lighthouse earlier this episode. I Yar. think. Uh, Robert Eggers uh, has his next movie, uh, which is called The Northman. Right. Not to be confused with Alexander Skarsgård's character from True Blood, Eric Northman. Yeah. Uh, so Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, Anya Taylor-Joy, Bill Skarsgård, and uh, Willem Dafoe. And there's uh, also rumors that he wants a supporting role to go to Bjork. 
Sweet. <laughs> um, so he continues his trend of making movies that begin with the. Yeah. Um, also taking place in an early part of a different century, because this is supposed to be the 10th century. And specifically, I'm sure, even though it's not mentioned, he'll be using the dialect of the time. Yeah. Um, I love Vikings. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I love this cast. I On I, paper, I, I it seems like something that you'll like, but maybe right. more so just ultimately respect. That's what I mean. And I and that's who Eggers is for me after his first few films. Like, I, He's a guy that I will always be curious about his movies. Um, and but maybe I, one of them will hit. Maybe and, when and he yeah. drops the the. Yeah, exactly. That's it's what's cleaner. Really, so yeah, with both The Witch and um, The Lighthouse, I w- was a little medium on both of those movies. But uh, I like the craft of both of those movies, and, right. and I appreciate them, but they just weren't really – they just didn't click with me. So um, I could see out of potentially of what he's working on, like this is the one that maybe – yeah you'd be interested in just because of the Viking stuff. Like mm-hmm. I, we are due for a vicious Viking, Viking tale, which uh, the last one would have been the winding Refn movie. Was that a Viking movie or no? Kind of. It um, was more, I mean, I, I could almost see the Robert Eggers movie becoming that where it's more of like this Valhalla rising. Being yeah. Like this weird kind of Malik like meditation. Right. Right. Um, but I see like, Edgar's kind of maybe being more visceral with the material and kind of really getting you in like the the griminess of it all and like if there's a lot of male characters maybe being as gross as what the lighthouse is at time like will yeah. there be as many farts god there's a lot of farts in the lighthouse yeah. right <laughs> how um, many characters will masturbate in 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 the viking is it an a24 movie uh no it's it's a uh, regency is is funding it but it doesn't have any distribution, distribution as of yet. But I'm sure A24 will pick, pick it up. So someone will masturbate. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. I think that wraps up this Beefy Boy episode of the Untitled Movie Podcast. Um, uh, like we mentioned, I blanked there for a second. I'm like, how do I outro this show? Uh, like we mentioned earlier in the episode, we do do another podcast called Untitled Movie Reviews that we'd love for you guys to go check out. Uh, we have reviews up right now for um, Zombieland 2 as well as Gemini Man and a bunch of our TIFF reviews, including the very excellent Parasite, which we talked about, and Joker and all that stuff. Um, Eric and I do this each and every week, so uh, we'd really appreciate it if you guys would rate both podcasts if you're listening. That would be wonderful, mostly on iTunes. I know you guys Even might comment if you like. Comment too. Um, subscribe. Well, please subscribe if you're listening. I hope you subscribe. But like. Um, the reviews really help us kind of, you know, uh, uh, get up there and, and on the and, charts and the charts. And, and we're we wa- huge in Norway. And I think we, we want to keep it that way. We want to eventually, you know, try to get on Rotten Tomatoes and different things like that. And I think you need a certain amount of reviews. So I hate begging for this kind of stuff. But if you're listening and you could just quickly go onto iTunes, rate us on there, uh, write a little quick review. That would be wonderful. Um, and I know you guys might listen on Spotify or Google Play. Or, you can say or that this show leaves but... you as speechless as I am during this episode. <laughs> you weren't speechless. You just fucked up a bunch of terms yeah. or, or names or words, which you're usually pretty good with. Right. So I'm tired, man. Uh, dude, I'm tired I'm so too. Tired. So and I need to. We got to eat now too. So, anyways, thank you guys uh, for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with another 
Uh, actually, Eric, before I'm about to wrap up, you yeah. have big news. I actually cancel everything I just said. We're not doing the outro. Eric, you have something super exciting that you're going to this weekend that you'll talk about on the next episode. Yes, yes. Uh, how, do, how should I do this, Matt? Should I just blurt it out? Should I stumble through it as I have been through the rest of this episode? No, I mean, talk however you want. You have a great opportunity coming up this okay, weekend. Okay, so um, as... People that have listened to the podcast before, um, last year I had an amazing opportunity to go to New York for a screening of Roma. Not uh, the time where we went together where I almost died. No, it was the second <laughs> time and it was the much better version of okay, the great. New York adventure because I got to stay at a really and fancy you got to fly. hotel. Yeah, and fly... <laughs> Less than an hour to get there. Not a twelve-hour bus ride with some hobo. God, it was it was a night terror. Um, my body is still like every time still I think hurts. about it, it aches. Yeah. Um, Never take. The but bus. it was a great. It was a great yeah, adventure. It was fun, and and it's the it was the last time that I'll, I'll ever do, do that, that. Yeah. because it's like now that we're over thirty, 30 it's really. like I, we can't do that anymore. Yeah. But yeah, so that was an amazing experience. I had already seen Rome at that point, so you know, full disclosure, I I I was gonna like the movie no matter what. <laughs> Um, this time, this time, will the bribes work? (laughs) Will the bribes work? We'll find out. So I have been given, I have been invited to the, uh, LA premiere of the Irishman this Thursday. So we're recording this on Tuesday night, October 20, I don't know. Second? What the hell date is it? 26. It's on the 24th. So I, yeah, the 22nd is today, right? Yep. Yep. So on the 24th, there is the L.A. premiere of... uh, Is it on Thursday night? Yeah, Thursday night at 7 p.m. So I'll be flying out Thursday morning uh, to attend the Irishman screening and the after party. And then the next day, I will be at the Irishman uh, press conference and luncheon. (laughs) And then uh, a photo op with Robert De Niro. So... (laughs) I'll use it as the the thumbnail next for week the next if, episode. If yeah, I, now I have to get a picture with him, right? <laughs> so I, I've also been told that I'll probably meet Martin Scorsese. So I'll ask him all your Marvel questions <laughs> yeah. to his face. Yeah, all mine. Um, yeah. So this is yeah, this is very. I exciting. just want to know what he thinks of Korg. Right, that's all I want to know. Right. Well, maybe I'll <laughs> ask him what he thinks of Taika Waititi. See yeah. if he's seen any of his stuff. Um, um. So yeah. So this is through the BFCA as well, and 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 I'm very excited to be doing this. I'm 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 obviously. You, you know, like getting to do all this is 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 already an amazing experience, and 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 I know how fortunate I am to be in this industry and be, to be doing this kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I never want to take this at, at at face value, and and always appreciate everything that I'm given. But this is an experience unlike any other, and you know, um, to do this, I it's. I have to. I oh, have yeah, to. Go. Of course. Yeah, of course. No one's going to turn down a free fucking trip to LA for like 36 hours and yeah. then uh and then come straight. I got to hang out with some good fellas. Uh, yeah, and then you got to sit in the the Chinese theater, right? Yep. Like for three and a half hours. <laughs> hopefully yep. the seats are comfortable. And hopefully Fingers you have a good crossed. seat, who knows, but um that's awesome dude. So yeah, I'm I'm very excited for you. I'm very jealous. Um I would love to uh to head down. I've never actually been to uh, California, so I still want to do that. Um, really? Yeah, dude. I, I've never gone. So I want to go hit up San Fran and LA and hit up Disneyland. And, and, and well, also the new Draft House. Yes. Just if I had there. more time, yeah. I would go. Would but... you go to like the New Beverly too? And yeah. like they have, they're still playing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in 35. Yeah. Like a See, I would have done that as well show. if I had more time. But it's, it's, so it's, it's a quick turnaround. Yeah. So it's, it's literally Thursday. 
to Saturday morning. I'm taking the red eye yeah. out. But you've never uh, taken a red eye? No, I haven't. It's, but it's my good. eyes might be bloodshot. I love. <laughs> you can get a red Sorry. eye uh, coffee the next day, which is. Do you know what a red eye coffee is at Starbucks? No. It's uh, dark roast black coffee with shots of espresso in it. Okay. To make it even stronger. Right. Um, I'll try to sleep. Like I've always, I always do try to sleep on 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 the flights because I do get anxiety when more so just with taking off. Like so as do soon I, as dude. we're in the air, I'm usually fine, I'm and I chew gum because way. of the the pressure. I, takeoff and landing is when I get the most anxious, and yeah. I know it's fine. Like I, my uncle Mark has flown. Well, he's in Japan recently. Hundreds now, of right? thousands of times, not hundreds of thousands, but. Thousands Japan? Of He's times. in Japan? He is in Japan. Okay. Um, he's shooting Mighty Trains for Discovery Channel. Everyone should go watch it. I think the new season um, starts soon. Or I saw a photo started. of him like in a um, Terrence Malick-esque field. Uh, yes. Um, with a camera. He's shooting, yeah, Mighty Trains. And uh, the host of it is um, used to do Space with Morgan Hoffman. Oh, uh, Teddy Wilson? T- yeah. Yes. He's a nice guy. Yeah, Teddy is the host. Um, so small world, how our world's kind of like my Uncle Mark is shooting the show yeah. that he's shooting. Yeah, and um, then Morgan Hoffman used to be a co-op yeah. at Rogers TV. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I forget where we were going with this, but uh, – uh, uh, oh, flying. Yeah, I get nervous every time even though I'm like it – you. Like, it's fine. The hundreds and thousands of planes every day fly from one place to another, and it's always fine. Yeah, and statistically and speaking, it's, it's safer than yeah. driving. So it's just like, I don't know. I just still get anxious uh, takeoff and landing. I've never been and a I've great always, flyer, And I'm, I'm starting to come to a phase now where, like, it's it's I still kind of get giddy with the takeoff and landing, but... Fuck yeah, baby! So Toronto just <laughs> scored another goal. Um, But it's like... Uh, out of my hands that's what i mean you, you know? eventually just like eh, well if i'm gonna die everyone else here is too so right yeah um yeah anyways. i'm going to the mini bar if that happens that we're gonna try to sure um well i hope you have fun i can't wait to hear about it next week i'm sure it's gonna be a crazy or me texting story. you random photos oh you will of... yeah please do um it should be a... the premiere like i like i don't even know like i'm still waiting so um my tickets are 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 confirmed everything yeah. the only thing now that i'm waiting for is is um hotel accommodation so where right. i'm staying and if i need to wear what i need to wear for the actual like is premiere. it black tie yeah. or is it just you can wear like you know a, a sport whatever jacket. joe pesci's wearing i'll wear <laughs> that wearing, yeah um it should be fun dude do you know if any other bfca members that you know or i going, know one or? guy from carolina cool. uh noel manning who i met a couple years ago at the uh los angeles film critics um bfca uh award show he, so now the b so now i also have to say that like so the BFCA and, and the television component have uh merged and it's now just the critics choice association right um, so now I'm just a Critics' Choice member. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Well, I can't wait to hear about it next week. Yeah. We might go Hopefully see... I won't end up like Joe Pesci right. where in Goodfellas I walk into a room and there's nothing there and I get shot in the back uh, of the no, head. No, that won't happen. Um, we'll, I, we might even record the day you get back, but we'll see. Right. Um, you might be just fucking out of it. Yeah. Red-eye flights are nice because you... I mean, you're traveling during the time that you would sleep, so it's kind of nice that you just – if you can sleep, it's like you – it's like time travel. Right. <laughs> it's great. But, I mean, if you can't sleep, take some, like, gravel or something or – Yeah. Or I mean, the and again, I, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm not grateful. I just almost wish that the premiere was in New York as well. Like, that's the only thing because, like – it, because it's a New York movie, movie or just well, shorter travel? Well, it's a New travel? York movie and it's a shorter travel because, right. like, I just remember that – 
trip to New York being so quick because it's an hour yeah Yeah, because and and most of that's takeoff and landing yeah and and they sent me they um i didn't end up going to LaGuardia for for jfk i went to jfk which is further out and like i had to and they also um pay for um uber rides so they have like their own like you go onto the uber app and you access you put in a code right you put in a code and it's netflix uber yeah i know i have that up for my work at yeah Yeah, it's it's amazing it's very nice and you'll have that in la as well so uh, you won't. I guess you really won't have much time. To no, like I think the only thing for... I'll do is like go to an In and Out Burger if I can. Yeah, if you have time, yeah. right? Like maybe as a pre meal before the the premiere or something yeah. like that. Just or go even after. Your, go in your suit. Yeah, get Guillermo and go to a fucking In and Out. Yo, like, Marty, you want to come get a? I'm burger? sure there'll be a lot of other people there too that yeah. aren't even involved in the movie, but like are just there. Right. So. Well, I'm hoping Ray Liotta's there. I think he probably not only because of the Goodfellas connection, but you think about like he's in Marriage Story. Marriage Story. story. Right. So a lot of the Netflix people will be there. Yeah, it'll yeah. be it'll be fun, man. Anyways, uh, we'll hear about that next week. So you guys got a little tease of what Eric will be talking about, which will be our big topic next week. We'll get all those stories. and also Kundun on Blu-ray. Yeah, so you know, yeah. Oh, Mr. S- <laughs> um, <laughs> Marty Kundun. Sign my copy it. of Shark Tale on VHS. Um, VHS is that too? When did Shark Tale come out? I guess that was around the tail end of uh, uh, all right, I'm cutting VHS. You off. Okay. Uh, as always, my name's Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the interwebs, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and uh, and all podcast services. And you can uh, follow all my shenanigans on the social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. I'm mostly bumming around Twitter and letterboxd and i'm eric marchin you can find more of my reviews and interviews at rogerstv.com slash cinema scene and on the social medias at em6211 until next time snoochie boochies